Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Kevin, Andy. Hey, now. George. Hello. Full house, huh? And we have a guest host, Tom Messer. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey, Tom. Uh, let's see. This is episode 215, Listener Series Volume 20 with Tom Messer. Volume 20. The big two zero. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, let's see. So let's catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? I can go first. Okay, good. I did nothing all weekend <laughs> except work. The end. <laughs> okay, I guess I can go. Hit me with it. You got. You got to have something better than that, Andy. I actually did less than Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> There's no <laughs> way. <laughs> Which sucked. I, I had to work. I had a bunch of stuff to do on Sunday. And the weather was absolutely beautiful. Like mm. perfect flying weather. No yeah. wind. Sun was out. It's like 50 degrees. It's gorgeous. But since it's rained all last week, I wasn't able to get what I needed to do on the farm. So I had to work most of the day Sunday to get caught up. So I didn't get any flying done. I didn't do any wrenching. I didn't do any building. I didn't even look at anything. Uh, I see your Sunday of working, and I raise you the fact that my wife was out of town all weekend, and I couldn't have a drop to drink because I was on call. Yeah. All right. Sounds like a bummer. That was a bummer. Yeah. Because when I get the stink eye for walking 10 feet from the living room to the bathroom after my third drink, I'm like, you know what? Deal with it. So I I told her. Already this week, I was like, prepare for me to be drunk this weekend. I'm just telling you now. Prepare <laughs> <Sure>. yourself. <laughs> You've been saving up two weeks for it. Start thinking about it now. Yes. Be ready. I've already got drink recipes going through my head. <laughs> yes. so, so who's up next? Uh, George, you want to go next? Yeah. This weekend, I think I mostly worked on helicopters, flew a little bit. And I was trying to think. It seemed like there was something else. Oh yeah, I met uh, I met uh, a guy, one of our listeners. His name's um, David David Smith, I believe. And doing some helicopter trading with him. Lives down in Knoxville. Cool. Nice. Let's see. Really, really nice guy. He's more into 3D and sport flying, and he came across the scale heli wasn't really that crazy about it so i kind of like it but uh that and just uh been working with some 3d printed parts for one of my uh, md 500 conversions into a ah6 always like playing with new 3d printed parts and just working working through the day Playing with these uh, remote control tanks. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit sometime. That uh, oh. picked up picked up a couple of those tanks um, that Motion is selling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. 
crazy how much fun they are. My wife and Spanky both are about to run me off, but the way that thing shoots those little plastic pellets, mm -hmm. it's crazy how accurate it is. I've got oh, styrofoam coffee cups set up and it was like three days. I had the first one like three days before I ever even put any of the accessories on it. I just got it going and started shooting stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was awesome. I didn't realize and, it shot BBs. So it's like kind of yeah, like aerosol and, or something. Yeah. And it's got um it's got recoil and sound and everything. Wow. Wow. Yeah. But oh, um cool. it also you can do the IR battles with like the Tamaya tanks, the the more high dollar tanks. These things are cheap. I mean, I got a one sixteenth scale Tiger One. That's the details just unbelievable on it. Nice tracks, and um, seemed like it was like one thirty nine shipped to your door. Comes with everything except for you need six AA batteries hmm, okay. for for the transmitter. Yeah. So how big is that? Just the body, just the hull of it. It's probably about sixteen to. 17 inches okay but then the king tiger with the metal tracks it's just it's absolutely huge it's massive and it's heavy but um yeah they've got smoke that you know it's got at least a little bottle of glycerin that comes with it you drop down in it and nice cool. awesome. yeah i about i about forgot to talk about that but um Looks like there's a lot of interest in them. Other than that, that's been my week. Nice. How about uh, you, Steve? Yeah, so I flew on Saturday just just for a couple hours. Um, it was I think Saturday was the worst of the two days. It was like I don't know, maybe fifteen or twenty mile per hour winds. Yeah, it was gusty, like dude. Thirty something, thirty seven, I think was the the temperature down at the field Oof. um it wasn't that bad though i mean i don't know it's nitro it's gassers they like the cold so um yeah i mean actually no now that i recall i do remember going back to my car after each flight so yeah it was pretty cold <laughs> <laughs> uh but um yeah i flew i flew the gasser actually more than the nitro this time uh i ran out of 30 percent. i i've used up the the gallon i got from you kevin already wow so so yeah, I I put about four or five flights on the gasser and was just just really enjoying that heli, you know. Like I like I said last week, it's not tuned a hundred percent, but it's tuned enough for me to be able to fly and do maneuvers. And and I did practice that uh um that F three N maneuver that that whatever the first maneuver the first the first set maneuver that is um a bit and. I don't know. I, I thought I did it better before. <laughs> it was really sloppy, but I was like, okay. I think that the sloppy part is the, the half circle coming down, so going like from upright to invert it, and then you roll out. I think that part, like, it it looks like like a seven. <laughs> like, like I just like pitch it forward and it drops, and then I scoop it up, you know? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't look like a circle, but, you know, it's something that I'm just messing around with and seeing if I can add that to my routine. Um, really not even the, the both ends of like doing the, the maneuver, like on one side and coming on the other side, it's more just like breaking those maneuvers apart and kind of push, adding my mix to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that was good with the gasser and, 
Uh, I was averaging around seven minutes now before I would either get mentally fatigued or too cold or anything. So, which is really good in my opinion. Um, you know, most usually it's like four or five minutes. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm done. So I'm glad that I'm able to like push the flight times. You know, the helicopter can do 10, 12 minutes, but for me to be able to push a little bit more and more every time and, mm-hmm. and fly a little bit longer and, and with these F3N maneuvers that are kind of in my head or like, for me to try, I've also felt like I'm not progressing, but just trying new things. So we'll see what comes out of it. Uh, let's see. Be- beyond that, I haven't done really anything um, else hobby related, really just that one day. Yeah, so that's about it for me. Uh, what about you, Tom? Uh, well, <clears throat> I typically go... <laughs> It's funny, I kind of go in streaks as well or how much I fly. And I'm actually on a uh, really good run lately. Um, there's been months in the last couple of years. I've got young kids and job can be busy um, schedule-wise and everything. And uh, so I, I've gone months without flying. But this last probably four weekends, I'd have to count, I've gone out. Except for this last weekend, I've gone out Saturday and Sunday and flown so yeah it's it's you know it's funny when you don't do something that you that you love you start not to love it as much you start to question why you have all this crap in your garage (laughs) and when you actually get a chance to go use it like oh yeah i like this yeah um so yeah so i was able to go out on saturday and spend all day uh the field is kind of far for me it's about an hour 10 each way um but i was able to go out there and uh fly uh fly my uh one of my jets uh only a couple flights because i started having brake issues um but i did um have a uh e-flight f4 phantom do you remember those they had they were edf it was uh e-flight had it out for I, i don't know they don't i don't think they make them anymore but it was out for a while and i bought one about a year ago maybe a year and a half ago and uh, it's uh, had the AS3X um, gyro on it, and it flew okay. Actually, it was fun to fly, but I just never brought it with me because it wasn't that much fun. Um, so a friend and I are planning a, a couple of projects here, and I wanted to test the Jetty uh, receivers with the built-in gyro. And I've had one. I just never used it. So Sunday morning, I got up early, and I put that in, and... Uh, or Saturday morning, I got up early and I put that in and uh, test flew it. And man, that thing flies great now. It's just freaking incredible. Um, nice. Really happy with that. I, uh, I, I'm i not saying that the, the Jetty Assist receivers are better than anything else out there. I would never say that. It's Everybody's got their preferences. And I, I really do think certain gyros are better in certain types of models but man it really made that uh that plane come alive i was really really happy with how that flew so i got four flights on that before i turned around to fly my turbine and then after i started having problems with that i'm like i don't want to charge more batteries i'll fly the fan and so nice yes i had a good day at the good day at the field with that that was a lot of fun is that the 80 mil yes yeah Yeah, the bunch of guys at the club have the free wing. Uh, was that's the ninety, right? And uh, those things fly great. They they really do. One we got one guy at our club who's just 
a hell of a pilot. Um, he and another guy do formation stuff with uh, Hawker Hunters. Nice. And um, their engines are down for maintenance right now. And so he's just out there flying the snot with his flying the snot out of that free wing F4. Um, and it's really great flying model. But the nice thing about the E flight is it's just a little bit smaller so I can run six S instead of eight S. Right. So just easier. Very cool, man. All right. So let's kind of go right into the main topic and get to know you better. So you said your field's about an hour and 10 minutes. Where are you, where are you located? I am near Fresno. Um, I'm actually in a little uh, town called Coarse Gold that if you're driving through it and you blink, you'll probably miss it. <laughs> but if you were to go from Fresno, there's like two ways into Yosemite, basically mm-hmm. through Merced and Fresno. If you were to go from Fresno to Yosemite, which a lot of people coming up from L.A. do, you drive right through my town. And um, yeah, so I'm about 40 minutes north of Fresno. Uh, uh, West Coast. Yeah, yeah, California. We're not all like we're not all like they are on the news. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, how long have you been in the hobby? Oh goodness, um, I'm thinking about this today. Uh, I think we started. My dad was in the hobby before I came along. He he flew in the fifties and sixties, control line then RC and gave it up for career and everything. And then I talked to him while well, I whined about it and begged him to get into it. <laughs> um, as kids do, I think I was seven or eight. So that was about 80, 81. That's when we started, okay. started with a couple of gliders, um, uh, slope soaring off the, the hills in the Bay area, mm-hmm. California. And that's how I got started. Nice. Uh, do you only fly planes, or do you uh, dabble in anything else like helis or multirotors? Helicopters, definitely. Helicopters um, were are always been a favorite of mine. I kind of go in streaks, whether I fly heliplane, uh, airplanes more or helicopters more. But, but um, yeah, I've flown airplanes, gliders, all that kind of stuff, like I said, from when I was a kid. Um, started with helicopters when I was uh, about 16. I remember my dad started flying helicopters he had a first one was a schluter heli boy mm-hmm. i think that's what it was and so that was in the 80s mid 80s i think and uh i uh my first job kind of my first job uh when i was 16 was working at a hobby shop sheldon's hobbies in the bay area and uh i remember i bought my first helicopter from my boss which was a concept 30 DX and about 89. And uh, that's what started the madness. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that thing was, I don't know if you know anything about those. I mean, the concepts, the, the Kyosho ones, but this was like the beginner model. It actually had foam blades. And oh, yeah. uh, it was, yeah. So it was a, th- I had a, I think I had an OS 28 or 32 in it. I can't remember. I think that one was the 28. And um, it had metal uh, paddles on the fly bar. And so, I mean, this thing could not get out of its own way. And mm-hmm. it was so stable that it was really easy to learn with. I mean, you, back in those days, you still used the training gear because yeah. Sims really hadn't come around yet. And uh, I remember it was really easy to, to, to learn to hover it 
for the time. And uh, I remember the first time I got into forward flight, I, I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen because you, you couldn't make it go where you wanted to. It was so stable. It just kind of took off. And I'm screaming, Dad, Dad. <laughs> he comes running <laughs> over, grabs a transmitter from me and brings it down. He's like, yeah, we need to change those paddles. <laughs> paddles wow. <laughs> so what got you interested in the hobby? You know, um, was it just your dad or was did you have like some type of you know, passion for aviation? Um, definitely a passion for aviation. Like I said, my dad, um, my dad did, did it. He and his brothers did it, uh, growing up control line and free flight and that kind of stuff. And he did RC. And so I remember as a kid, six or seven years old, seeing these trophies that he had and pictures of him with model airplanes. And I'm like, dad, dad, let's do this. Not dad. He's like, no, 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 maybe someday, maybe someday. And, what we used to do, what his hobby or passion at the time was, was uh, flying full-sized uh, gliders, sailplanes. And our weekends were um, taken up by, you know, we Friday night he'd come home, we'd pack up the motor home, hitch up the glider trailer, and drive to some glider port, usually up in uh, Nevada, Minden Gardnerville area, just outside of Tahoe. And he'd fly all weekend. Uh, sometimes in contests because they have uh, racing contests with those things used to be really big back in the 70s and 80s and so we do that all weekend i just sit in the airport and watch airplanes fly all day and play in the dirt (laughs) and uh we still we didn't really have a whole lot of time to add a new hobby into it until his work started getting busier and busier and um uh so you know he we went to the airport less and less and so that's when he says okay well let's let's get back into this right. yeah but uh i've always been an airplane nerd at before that after that right now <laughs> awesome. so oh, fantastic <clears throat> uh if you don't mind me asking uh what do you what do you do for a living uh speaking of airplane nerds um <laughs> <laughs> i uh i'm an airline pilot ah awesome wow nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I'm one of those examples of that people, you know, try to use with the FAA uh, thing is, you know, that's where it all began. I was just going to ask you, how many drones have you reported? It's got to be in the I've never seen one. Yeah, right. I've I mean, never yeah, seen how many of you had to do evasive maneuvers to dodge? Yeah, right. Daily basis, could. right? <laughs> right, right, of course. Yeah, that's why they're doing this. <laughs> I mean, I've killed my fair share of birds, but uh, I've yeah. never seen a drone or hit drone or hit one. All right, right, right. Balloons, a lot of balloons, but never a drone. Really? Yeah, you'd be surprised where you see balloons. <laughs> You'll uh-huh. uh, go in, uh, you know, going into some airport. You see a lot of going into L.A. Oh. <laughs> and you'll just see something whiz by. Like, what the heck was that? Guy next to you is like, oh, I think it was a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Somebody's birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Somebody's crying. I know what my kids do when those things fly away. Yeah, exactly. So I'm curious, what do you think about this whole FAA thing? That's crap. You know, because you're you're seeing it from both sides, right? I mean, obviously, I like, don't see it from that other side. Oh, you don't? Really. Okay, I mean, not at all. What concerns me is is the FAA, and you know, if there's anybody who's listening from the FAA, it's just the organization, not individuals. I've I've met many fantastic. FAA 
uh, employees, right? And uh, I'll testify to that. But um, they, as a tendency, or they have in the past, definitely overreached on things like that. Uh, and I, I just, it worries me. And I've, I've heard where it's not even the FAA that's, that's really driving this. It's Homeland security and stuff. And that makes sense actually. But, um, I don't agree with it, but I mean, that makes sense that that organization would, would drive this. But, um, you know, you guys were talking about, you know, before we started about, uh, your comments and everything. And it's, it's like one of the things I said was, I mean, I did two um, comments, but one of them is like, okay, so I can, you know, there one, there's one regulation as far as, you know, when full size aircraft need to have a transponder, right. That says, Hey, I'm here, I'm here. And even with those, even with those, um, there's such thing as squawking VFR, which is a code of 1200. And it just says, Hey, I'm here. You know, it doesn't, it's nobody's really controlling you. Nobody knows where you're going, but it's just like, here, here's an airplane. Well, if you have a full-size J3 Cub, most J3 Cubs do not have an alternator and therefore not an electrical system. They're running off of a battery, right? So, because and they don't have a starter, you know, you have to hand start those things, and that are not required to have a transponder as long as they're not flying in certain airspace. So most places they fly those things, they're not required. But if I build a one-third scale J3 Cub, that will, be, <laughs> yeah. that will have to have it. What sense does that make? That is hysterical. Yeah. You made a, such a great yeah. point right there. That is a great point. That never flies beyond what you can actually see. With exactly. Exactly. Yeah. If I, I build just, a, a, a J3 Cub that's over the weight limit, three uh, you know a three-foot wingspan that's over the weight limit, i got to put yeah. this on. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. It's just silly, and our our club is um, on a crop duster strip. Um, the the guys who did, started the club, because it's a new club, it's only been around a couple of years. They found this uh, duster strip that wasn't being used, and talked the owner into uh, letting us use it. And then we got a lease. And excuse me, they're even thinking of trying to buy it down the road. But I could I. I will have to have a transponder in or the real uh, remote ID on an aircraft that I fly out there. But, you know, my neighbor can drag out some POS ultralight that he built and go fly anywhere he wants around that. And he doesn't, he doesn't even answer to anybody. You know, we're going to have to take tests on airspace. He doesn't. (laughs) It's It's stupid. It's so dumb. He could you know, crash and, and into your house just as easy as a model aircraft, too. Yeah. Probably more yeah. likely, actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 Target yeah. I've seen a few of those. They're yeah. Not, they're, you know. they're scary. No, thank you. It's, it's, it's easy to get frustrated with the FAA, or not the FAA, but the AMA, mm-hmm. um, because you look at it and go, were you, I mean, it may not even be their fault, but I mean, we wonder did you guys even have conversations with them and let them understand some of this stuff? And, and perhaps the FAA and the powers that be just weren't listening. And I, I can believe that too, but it just, it, it just seems like they have no idea what we do yet. The AMA is saying, Oh yeah, we've been talking to them for years. You know, I, I know they're working hard, but it, it just, 
it's easy yeah. to get frustrated. How's that? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely, definitely easy is. to just assume that they're not doing anything because it to us looking outside, we don't see any impact that they're doing. But yeah. who knows? You know, I mean, I do believe. You know, I'm trying be positive but i do believe that amy is trying to do something just i agree it's just an uphill battle for them it's an uphill battle for us so uh let's let's see we kind of steered away from those questions we have here but let's kind of bring it back uh do you do you uh sim i should <laughs> <laughs> i uh you know i i had to buy in uh, a computer a few years back and i want to make sure it was gonna be fast enough mm-hmm. the whole idea was and I wanted to, I needed to do it for other stuff at, at home and everything, but it's like, well, I can take it with me when I go to work and I can stuff a real flight, you know, transmitter in my bag and I can yeah. sim while I'm sitting at, you know, in the hotel not doing anything. And yeah, that rarely happened. I would bring it, I'd bring it out for five minutes and go, oh, well, I'm bored and yeah. then put it away. Yeah. It's, I've, I've never really been good at simming unless I'm trying to accomplish a specific thing. And, right. uh, yeah, I just haven't been that motivated recently. And in a lot of it is because I, I tend to sim more when I'm flying because it, it's it's more, at least I've found it more helpful for helicopters, but when the more I, helicopters I fly or more often I fly helicopters, um, then I get back into it. But right now I'm not flying with a lot of guys who fly helis. I mean, there was a couple weekends ago I went out and uh, helped my buddy get his uh, – well, I basically there and and watched him get his uh, his new Nitro T Rex seven hundred XN flying, get his first flights on that, and and I brought my stuff out and and that was a lot of fun. But you know, the last time I was out there with multiple helicopters when other people had them, it's been a while. So it's just it's not that it's not a big group where I'm at. It's just I'm not around them. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure what type of pilot you you know you are, but do you do like commercial stuff like or is it private? Oh no, I work for an airline. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll remain nameless in case I say something bad. Sure, yeah, yeah, uh. you know that's <laughs> my question. Just it revolves around more of like you know as you go and and with your 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 trips to like you know your your job right to fly yeah to whatever city for and you, you're there for a couple of days or usually and then yeah. you fly to another city right yeah and and do you ever get an opportunity to go like kind of meet up with the locals around there and like you know kind of maybe try to see what the hobby is in this town you know per se you know that would be a good idea um i've thought about that usually my trips i i have anywhere from i have to have at least 10 hours of rest but yeah sometimes it's longer like i've like last month I was doing a lot of trips in, in your area, actually New York and we'd be in, uh, still Queens, I think technically, but long Island city. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, near LaGuardia. I mean, I flew into JFK, but they trucked us out there. Um, but I'd be there for 25 hours, but you know, I come in from a red eye and I've got to get some sleep. And it's all that kind of stuff. Long enough. Yeah. yeah and so you don't, your layovers aren't that long, then you're saying. No. I mean, I got to get some sleep. Although it's funny, it's been in, listening to you guys and some of the other podcasts. It's like, what was the, uh, the, they don't, whatever the, or uh, Torches Fun Fly in December is. Mm-hmm. Andy, I think you went to that. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 I was back. actually in Orlando 
that day or that Saturday, but I got oh, in cool. at like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon and had to leave the next day. So I'm like, well, yeah, there's yeah, not much point awesome. of driving out there. All right. So let's talk about your fleet. So you have EDFs. It sounds like you have some turbines. You have some helis, right? What do we All got sorts here? All sorts of crap. Um, <laughs> I, my house it sits uh, kind of on a hill, so I've got a lot of storage under it, and it's all airplanes. Um, helicopters, old helicopters. I've got almost all of my dad's stuff. He passed away in 08, so I ended up with all that stuff. And then my garage, um, and then I've got a trailer. Uh, well, let's talk about, okay, helicopters. Flyable helicopters at this point. I've got an Oxy-2. Okay. Um, I've got two Oxy-2s, but only one of them has a gyro in it. Um, and great flying little helicopters, actually. Yeah. I, I got that thinking I'd fly it in my yard, and I can, but it's more hovering orientation stuff, which is fun, but uh, don't do too much. Yeah. Uh, I've got a Goblin uh, 500 Sport in the... Um, Stars and Stripes scheme. And uh, yeah, yeah, I love that one. Cool. Uh, that was a Christmas present for my wife. Awesome. Um, I've got a Loco 500 3D that God knows how old it is and how many flights. I'm, like, I'm at least yeah. the second owner. Okay. And I, I've crashed the piss out of that thing. Um, <laughs> But it's great. I, I love it. Um, and uh, then I've got a uh, I've got a Kraken. I've got a Protos seven seven and seven yeah Protos and seven sixty blades. And what else? Uh, an Align seven hundred XN that has yet to fly. If I can stop the clutch from self destructing, <laughs> fly it. Good luck. Yeah, yeah. You got to get someone to put a liner in for you. Can't do that. Metal. I got it. I know we're going to, we've been talking about that. My friend was able to fly his no problem. And, uh, so I'm sitting here, I've taken it out there twice. And, uh, each time I've got one flight, one, I have a half a tank through it and the clutch seized up a couple other problems. I fixed those. I had to replace the ring on the engine too, because it, for whatever reason, it just ran away. It was weird. And uh, so then I took it out again. I couldn't even start it. The clutch seized. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's just, I just want to step on it. That's all I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. That would be frowned upon and bad. Um, I mean, yeah. depends yeah, on who you're I mean, with. Yeah. <laughs> depends on the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I bought it. I just I like I'm attracted to things since I don't fly a lot. I'm attracted to things that are different now. Sure. Uh, that's why I bought the Kraken because the more I read about it, more I saw pictures of it and the you know the new transmission and everything. I'm like, oh, I, I just got to build that. I just have yeah. to build it. And uh, that, that's a good. I, I really like that one. I'm liking it more and more. Um, as far as airplanes. Um, I've got some uh, 100cc gassers, a um, couple of those left over from my dad and one, yeah, left over from him. When he passed away, we we both had, I don't know, a couple each, a couple three each, and I just kind of decided to sell off mine and keep his for sentimental reasons mm -hmm. and uh, and kept them 
actually I sold one of his. That's a funny story. Um, sold one of his. It was a uh, Kiki uh, Salmanzini 102-inch Yak. It was a great airplane. And um, his had a BME 102 in it. And I sold mine to a buddy, and then he sold it to someone else. And then I, my, my friend of mine here in uh, Madeira, uh, which is not too far from me, has a hobby shop. And uh, and he's like a crack dealer, I swear to God. And anyway, back then, um, I sold, I hung up my uh, my dad's yak because I just didn't have space for all this stuff. And uh, some guy, some local guy, bought it. And uh, I I didn't know him, but I knew of him. And I'm like, okay, good, he'll enjoy it. And so, ten years go by. Well, not quite ten years, but you know, five or seven years go by, and. Uh, I go out to the field and I see this friend of mine, Morris, pull out this yak. I'm like, what, what, what the hell is that? He's like, oh, yeah, I bought it from so-and-so. It's like, oh. He's like, I didn't like that that engine, so I put a different engine in it. And So talk to him about it. He let me fly it. And I'm like, oh, that's great. It's, you know, walk down memory lane, find my dad's old airplane. Yeah. And uh, forgot about it. And a few years later, maybe about a year later, I'm out of the field again, and I was actually off work at that point. Um, I had a, a thing with my eye that kept me from flying. And so spent a lot of time in the field doing absolutely nothing. And uh, he came out there, and he's putting it together. I'm like, oh, are you going to fly? He's like, oh, no, I'm just putting it together to take pictures so I can sell it. And <laughs> just, I turned into like a five-year-old. I'm like, but I don't want you to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> And he just looked at me. I'm like, I want you to keep it so I can visit with it. <laughs> and he laughed. He's like, well, do you want it? I'm like, ah, sorry. Now nah, go ahead and sell it. I'm like, you know, I, I can't really afford it. I'm off, off work. He's like, how about this? He's like, you take it, take it home now. And when you get back to, uh, to work and can afford it, we'll talk about it. I'm like, okay. So I did and I flew it and, you know, flew great. And it was just, you know, awesome to have that airplane back. And, uh, when I got back to work, I went to the bank and I pulled out a wad of cash and I'm like, okay, Morris, time to start talking about what what do you want for it? He's like, nah, keep it. What? He's like, ah, keep it. I was, I had too many airplanes as it is. He's like, I'm a hoarder. I'm trying to get rid of them. (laughs) He just would not take money. Wouldn't take it. That's really cool. That's awesome. He's like, yeah, you know, and then that's the thing about this hobby that's going to, that really sucks and hopefully it doesn't go away is that there's some flat, fantastic people. I mean, not me, but other people. Yeah. 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 Couldn't agree more, man. So you, you spoke briefly about jetty. Um, so is that your, like, let's talk about your supporting equipment, so your radio, your gyros. Your battery. <sighs> yeah. Um, I, I have a feet control and I was st- for as far as helicopters, I was all Mikado for a while and, and never had really had an issue with it. It was just that when I started flying, um, airplane, when I was flying my airplanes, um, I tended to prefer, um, yeah, the jetty. And actually I was, that's a long story. I've, I've flown just about everything, but I went from, uh, I was JR and then uh, I was flying the JR radios and then the telemetry started coming out and it started looking like we were going to be able to program 
um, you know, flight controllers and stuff from the transmitter. I'm like, oh, that's cool. I got to play with that. And uh, JR just really wasn't going that direction. So I, I, I got rid of my JR stuff and um, went to Jetty. I had a, a 16 and uh, started flying with that. And so I was using that for airplanes. Some of my uh, put a pattern airplane on. I flew with it a little bit. Um, and then all my, my IMAX stuff, um, not really that I do IMAX. I, I flown in one contest, but those, uh, three, the hundred CC airplanes, I had a, the jetty on that and, uh, the jets, I, I put the, the jetty on that, but for the helicopters, I stayed with V control and I was really happy with it. And really the only reason I went away from it, cause now I'm using, um, Aside from that, from the Oxy-2 and the Mikado uh, 503D, I am using uh, Brain and uh, Jetty just because I ended up going from the 16. I had an opportunity to sell some stuff and move some money around and go, this is my opportunity to sell the 16 and get the 24. Um, and the only reason for that, because it's, it's a ridiculous amount of money, yeah. but the only reason for that is the 900 megahertz. I wanted that as a backup for yeah. for the really expensive models. It doesn't the right. helicopters. It doesn't matter, right? But yeah, especially a turbine or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So that's what I wanted it for. And so I'm like, okay, I've got this stupidly expensive radio sitting here, um, and I'm not using it. If I'm so, I I bought a couple brains and had. Oh, wasn't all that impressed at first. I, I, I tried Brain in, back in the day, and it flew well. I just I just had issues with the software early on on the computer. Um, but now, the more and more I've the more helicopters I've put on it, uh, I really like it. It's flying with a Kraken. I just can't believe how good that thing flies. Probably the helicopter and the gyro, but it's just oh my god, it flies so good. Um, so I'm really happy with that. But I still have a handful of well, not a handful. Like I have two Neos and a couple of the other ones with the, uh, I have a two minis and a full size that have, uh, the satellite thing. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I like the jetty a lot, especially, um, with some of the new stuff that they're coming out with. It's pretty cool. Nice. So you say, you know, you're, you're, you have to drive an hour or so an hour plus to yeah. get stuff in. You do try to make it as much as possible, like your Saturday, Sundays, as possible. Yeah. Um, do you pick like different things to fly on Saturday, knowing like on and Sunday? Like, do you pick one day? It's like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, plank it up, do a lot of planes, and then the other day you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna now switch up to helicopters. Or you, you know, just kind it, of a mix. It really depends. Right now, I don't, I don't really want to go drive that distance and spend all day. Cause that's the other thing with my job. I'm away from my family, away from my kids. And, you know, I, I still want to have my hobby and I'm, my wife likes me a lot better when I have this hobby. Um, I've tried quitting over the years and she's like, God damn it. Go to the field. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my wife. <laughs> I can't stand you like this. Go fly. Um, and, uh, so it, so I don't typically go out there not knowing who's going to be there. I usually set up, you know, a text tree, you know, who's, who's going to be out there. And so I tend to fly what they're going to have. Um, like I knew my friend Eric wanted to 
Um, actually, we were going to go to the Funfly, the Marshall um, oh, yeah, yeah. Ranch yeah. Funfly. I've known Ken for years. I fell out of touch, but I knew him when I was uh, uh, flying helicopters back in the late 80s, early 90s. And, um, you know, he, he got out at some point and, and you know, uh, I ran into him at the Turlock Funfly uh, last year. And uh, I was really hoping to go there and, and hang out and catch up with them a little bit because I knew that there, a lot of the old gang was going to be there and Robert Gorham was going to be there and all these guys that I know. Um, but it really came down to, well, it's a two and a half hour drive to get out to the, to the fun fly. And I haven't flown a helicopter seriously in a while, you know, a few weeks at that point. And even then it's just like, you know, flying around and not really progressing or doing anything. And my friend Eric, I know hadn't flown because busy with work and club stuff. So we, um, we just decided, Hey, let's, let's not go to the fun fly. Cause it'd be two and a half hours of driving and then walking around for two and a half hours and then driving back. Let's go out, take our stuff and actually go fly it. And, uh, so that's what we did. But like this coming week, I've got a buddy that got me into jets. He, he and I kind of grew up together, um, know each other from, uh, that first job as a working in the hobby shop when we were kids. Um, we're still in touch, still good friends. Um, you know, he's, he's like family. Um, Jim, he lives in the Bay area, which is about a three hour drive to, to our field, but he's a member of our feet, our club because there really are no, there are no, definitely no turbine friendly, um, clubs in the Bay area. And the number of clubs are just shrinking. If, if there's, Oh, wow. There aren't any really. I mean, that's why, that's why Marshall, ranch is is becoming so popular i mean ken's a good host but um it's really the only place that's just open to fly helicopters of nitros electrics whatever you want and uh he's opened up it's it's his property he's opened it up to people to come fly um most of the other clubs have just gone the way of the dodo they just don't exist anymore um but anyway friend jim is coming out um he's taking some time off work and coming out thursday and we're going to fly Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, and I'm off luckily. And, um, we're just going to go out and fly jets all weekend. I'll probably take a helicopter just because I've been itching to, but, um, the main thrust of that is he's, um, he's bringing out a couple of his jets and he, a friend of mine, well, a friend of ours, but I introduced them that's here is a credible builder as far as uh uh any kind of model but specifically jets just fantastic builder his name is also jim jim chapman he's been building or re rebuilding these airplanes for my other friend jim from the bay area um because there was a period of time where um he uh, uh how about call him jimmy there's a time where jimmy didn't fly a lot, but he didn't have the, cause he didn't have the time, but he would come across these deals and he just couldn't pass up. So he'd buy this jet, that jet. And he's got so many, I guarantee his wife would shit if she saw how many he has. And he's got, <laughs> he, he's got, um, uh, storage sheds on his property that are just from the, from the roof to the rafter of, of airplanes. Um, and, uh, so once, once he got to know how good a builder, Jim Chapman was, they started horse trading. So I'll 
you can, you know, I'll give you these two airplanes to fix up and get flying for me and I'll trade you this engine or that airframe or this or that. So, um, there's going to be a couple of maidens, uh, maiden flights this weekend. Um, a big F 86, um, Skymaster F 86 and maybe a big F four. And then we'll see what else is going to be ready. But so we're just going to spend a, a few days at the field um, burning kerosene. Should be fun. Hopefully, hopefully no, uh, no crashes. George, do you have a brother on the West Coast? Sounds like you have a relative that has a storage <laughs> shed full of stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> I only got one shed. Oh, okay. Well, these aren't the huge sheds. There's, it's more of like the ones you get at Home Depot or, or whatever that are like 10 by 12 or 12 by 12, something like that. Oh, yeah. I think George has a, a little bit bigger than that thing. <laughs> yeah. So it, it really depends what they're going to fly. If I'm going to go out there, um, sometimes they'll just bring a helicopter and you know throw my generator in the back and, and go fly a couple batteries or a, a foamy EDF or something like that. Uh, anything that involves bringing the trailer means I got to drive slower and more crap to bring with me and, and yeah. stuff like that. It's still fun, but you know, I, I spend and seem to spend a lot of time putting stuff away and leaving stuff behind and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, We're not having enough. Yeah. So Tom, you have the, the quintessential story of, uh, why this whole proposal is bad for a person like yourself and so many other kids that get involved with aviation at a young age, Yeah, get into it, you know, it's handed down through the generations and, uh, you know, turn it into a full-time job. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's not just, it's not just people like me. I mean, I, you, you look at some of the greatest minds in aviation, um, you know, uh, Rutan, Right. Who, here's here's a funny story. I mean, real quick, um, my club, my, the club president, my friend Eric. He's, I saw him at, when I saw him at the field a couple of weeks ago. He's like, "Hey, I got to show you some pictures of this." He's like, "There's a new prospective member that contacted me the other day, and he's he thought I might be able to uh, um, help him with something." And he shows me these pictures, and this air, he, there's a control line airplane in there, and it had some like really fainted or a really faint uh, signature on it. He's like, he found this in his attic, didn't know it was still there. It was built uh, and flown by um, Bert and Dick Rutan because they grew up in the Central Valley. Uh, Visalia or Tulare somewhere, I can't remember. And apparently this guy's dad knew them or whatever, and they, they gave him this uh, airplane or gave his dad this airplane. It's been in storage all this time. And I think there was, I think there was a picture or a trophy. I think there was a trophy, uh, for, uh, Bert Rutan. And, uh, so for whatever reason, this club member thought my friend would know how to get a hold of Rutan. Cause I don't know, I guess everybody in the Valley knows each other. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. We still don't know why he thought he would know, but yeah. as it turns out, friend Eric is really, really good at uh, contacting people. And, and so anyway, he got a hold of somebody who knew someone at scaled uh, composites where the company that Rutan founded and uh, was able to 
get a contact into the company and saying, Hey, we've got this. He'd like to return it to, to him. And so, but yeah, I mean, guys like that who grew up building models and, you know, experimenting, you know, he, he became one of the greatest aircraft designers we've ever had. Mm-hmm. That just, you know, not even in the country, in the world, right. that, that kind of imagination and, and would, would never have been fostered if this hobby didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'll tell you, since I've gotten to know people in the hobby from when I kind of started in 2013 and going to Flight Fest and talking to people and just, I know so many like young guys that I keep in touch with now on Facebook. Uh, there's a guy, Paul Jennings, that he, yeah. he's got his private pilot's license and, uh, he's pursuing, uh, a few different things. I don't know if one of them is going to be aviation, but it started with RC and, uh, yeah. who's the other kid? Um, Steve, that we know that uh, we had his his uh, oh we didn't have his, him on the show. Uh, Dan Sponholtz and his his son yeah, Keegan. Keegan. Yeah, yeah, Keegan also has. And he went stuff. he went right from RC to, uh, you know a uh, yeah a, a school that teaches I mean, aviation. Chris Diamante too, you know he's a a pro heli pilot and you know his father flew and and he. Right. Got into full scale too, you know. He has his pilot license too, and you know, I mean, all these kids are like sixteen years old with their pilot license. It's great, you know? right? It's like some of them yeah. can't even drive a car, but they can drive. They can fly a plane, you know, which is crazy. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, it's, it's not. I got to thinking about it. It's not even just people going into aviation. Like how many engineers or people going into aerospace or electronics or something sure. Sure. spark that interest from playing around with model helicopters or model airplanes or, you know, kind of got the bug for mechanical things and communication or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And now you mix in the microprocessors that are so easy to do lighting or whatever kind of sound, you know, the Arduinos that you can throw in models and just that kind of aspect of it too. You get into programming and think of how many of these like quad racer guys right that got into this like learned how to solder mm-hmm. right. <laughs> you know yeah i'm oh, sure yeah. like solder <laughs> started selling off the shelves like crazy now you know so yeah. quads and those ro- multi-rotors you know the the quadcopters especially the race ones because you had to build all of them back then right. Right? and still today so yeah and how many times and, do we say that it all translates whether it's you're turning a screwdriver on here you know it, it translates over to to anything else that you're working on you're you're troubleshooting you know skills and stuff like that Right, the mindset. Yeah, yep. right. being able to diagnose stuff, and I worry about like kids that get into it because they're they're uh, a family member is in the hobby, like we are or something. We're in it, so we'll we'll probably keep doing it as long as it's feasible. But what about the kids out there that don't have a parent that's in it? And when you start tacking on all these fees and all these hoops, you got to jump yeah. through. It just makes it almost impossible right. for them to even get in the hobby, yep. no matter how hard they want to. Yep. Yep. It makes it impossible. And then, you know, yeah. the barrier have- to entry is just too large. Yep. Yeah. And they're going to go with the easier route of playing video games or doing drugs or doing something else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tom, you're talking about your, the big airplanes, the 100 cc's and stuff. Yeah. Do you fly 3d? I know you mentioned IMAX some, like what kind of, what are you into really with the, on the plane side? Well, I am, as far as airplanes go, and this goes with almost anything I'm flying, I, I kind of go back home to where my, 
where my roots are. And I always wanted, when I started to fly airplanes, I always wanted to fly pattern. And so mm-hmm. I did that for a number of years. Um, as a kid, I flew in contests and stuff. And then when I got back into the hobby, cause I left, I did a little bit in college. We had a, we had an RC field at our college, which is cool, obviously. And, um, very convenient. And, uh, I did that just sport flying then, but I got out of the hobby when I graduated cause I had to, you know, start a career and, you know, now I've actually got to pay for shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't be breaking yeah. stuff every right. weekend. And, um, but when I got back into the hobby, um, in the early two thousands, um, I, I went back into pattern. So it's that type of flying that I still, I'm still ingrained in me. So when I go out and fly that yak, which I haven't done in about a year, I need to take that thing out. Um, uh, I still just kind of piece maneuvers together or sequences together and just right. fly it that way. I, you know, I, I, Pattern, my, iMac kind of style. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's because I, I can't teach an old, uh, old dog new tricks and I'm not that old, but I spent all these years being really smooth on the sticks and right. it's just not, I mean, I can, I can do TikToks, <laughs> and when I, when I, you know, work into it, I can do it, you know, three different ways, mm-hmm. but it's not natural for me to move bank sticks around. It's, it's yeah. just not, it, it's just not my thing. I appreciate it. I respect it. It's just not what I, uh, I don't really, I can't do it that well. I would right. have to start over in, in some ways, but with, I, I mean, I can hover, I can do some stuff, but I, I, I'm definitely not doing the rolling Harriers, you know, inches off the ground. That's <laughs> yeah. Not, Touching the tail while you're hovering and all that kind of crap. Uh, I've gotten close to that and it scared me. <laughs> <laughs> so I try not to do that anymore. Um, you you mentioned the Haley's. Have you ever done F3C? You know, I back, I, there's no, there's no competitions out here for that. I think, okay. you know, I'll listen to you. Um, what, what's the other, one of the other podcasts, those guys are into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those guys are into it. I think if I was around it, I would try it um, because that's more how my brain is geared. Um, Sounds like it'd be right up your alley, actually. Yeah. Smooth, aerobatic type stuff. I remember um, uh, still in high school, so it was about 90, 91, one of the guys in our club, uh, Peter Chow, um, he used to fly in – F3C and there was no contest on the West coast, but he would always go back to, or he would, they didn't have it in Muncie back then. I don't think maybe they did, but he would go and, and compete with that. And, mm. you know, he knew since I did pattern, he's like, you know, Hey, you know, you ought to try this. And I trained with him a little bit, but you know, it's, I, it just, there's no competitions. You, you really learn yeah, um, right. At a, at a contest that that's how you start learning. You can practice and practice and practice, but you don't know how you're going to do until you get there in front of judges. And then you start with that as far as how do I improve? You know, how did I perform in front of those guys? You know, so I, I it, it seems like I, I would like to do that, but mm-hmm. the way my schedule is and, and everything now, I, I don't think I could do anything seriously, any kind of serious competition. Yeah. It's, I'm surprised there's nothing on the West Coast, no competitions, because there's it's like four on the East yeah. Coast. 
plus the Nats, which is in Muncie, Archa. I remember a discussion on um, Run Rider a few years back where someone was trying to start him up, yeah. start up a, comp, a contest or. And uh, I don't know that it ever went anywhere. I, I don't think it did. Right. Uh, well, I it's haven't. definitely a it's definitely a thing where if no one's into it, it's harder to get into. Exactly. Where if people in your club or friends that you know are into it, they'll talk you into it and try to get you involved. Well, and you need the feedback. Um, and the you know the critique, the feedback, the advice. When I got back into pattern. Um, my dad, uh, built a, he liked to build, he was retired at that point. And I talked about wanting to get back into it. And so I bought a kit, sent it to him or drove it up to him and he built it for me. And so once I got it going, I had a YS140 on it, piped mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, nice flying airplane. I'm trying to think it was an eclipse. Was it an eclipse? Yeah. I uh, still have it. It's on, under the house. Um, this is about 03. And I practiced and practiced burned gallons and gallons of fo- uh, fuel. And I was dating my now wife at the time and drag, drag her out to the field, bored her to tears. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, and I thought, okay, now I'm ready for a contest. Contest comes, it's close by. It was actually at my club and I flew and I was absolute shite. I was terrible. Because I'd been practicing in a vacuum, I nobody was nobody was standing behind me going, okay, well that line's not straight. You rolled too early, rolled too late, that kind of thing. And you know, Steve, you were talking about, I think the maneuver that you were trying to do for F3N was a, called a double double Immelman. Yep, it's, that's what it is. Yeah, and so that's a perfect example of what I'm talking about because. You can do those maneuvers and you think that that's a circle. And what it really is, is like, you know, uh, a scrunched up S or something. And, you know, if, if when you're doing that half loop, that outside loop off the backside, mm-hmm. um, seeing that, how round that is supposed to be, um, you, you really have to watch somebody else do it or have them coach you while you're doing it because if you keep making the same mistake over and over again, it becomes normal to you. Yeah. So it's like, well, I, I did that. I, I should have gotten at least an eight or a nine on that. And you see your scores right. and it's a five, a generous five. <laughs> um, well, it goes back to that thing. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so if you were to start trying, if you were trying to fly the F3 C type stuff, whether you start in the lower classes and you, it's probably better now with YouTube and stuff. You can see what it's supposed to look like. But even so, you, you really hard. need coaching no. and feedback. Um, I didn't start to get any good until, not that I ever got good, but I didn't start <laughs> to really improve until you know I started flying with other people. We would, you know, all descend on somebody's club field on a weekend and just go fly, fly, fly. And uh, give each other, you know, tip pointers and help each other trim our airplanes and everything. Yeah, the community definitely helps. Absolutely. And yeah. just being there with other people and seeing how they excited are, you know, they are to fly something and yeah, you know, just it gets. Well, that's you, what makes it fun, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
So, I mean, if, if pattern wasn't dead around here, I might still be doing that. If helicopters were still big, I might be doing that more, mm-hmm. but it just so happens. I kind of fell into the wrong crowd that spends ridiculous amounts of money on jets. <laughs> so, oh, they call Haley's the dark side. I don't I know. know right? might be. Oh yeah. I don't know. Helis are helis are they're 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 deceptively cheaper, but you buy more of them, so you really aren't spending less. You just have more to show for it, I guess. Yeah. Hey, none of that talk. My wife might listen to this one day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, man. No, I'm only <laughs> well, I will say when you get into the the bigger planes or especially jets, helis crash way cheaper. Uh, and you can talk about how expensive it is to crash helicopters no you're talking about 100 cc airplanes or or something like that it's it gets very expensive oh yeah absolutely and you know with a helicopter most of the time you can repair it i mean not always oh yeah sometimes you get it we've all done that but um if you if you smack an airplane a big one a fast one it's probably done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've had a yeah, few of those. You've got to buy a new airframe, which costs the same as like two fully built helis. Yeah. yeah. And then like, yeah, your motor hit the ground and you need to get that thing sent out. You right. Know, you have to make sure that you're not going to throw a impeller blade or something in it. So you have to send that turbine out. Yeah. Yeah. That too, right? And like, I mean, it's just, it's very expensive, and it's interesting because people, yeah, people always kind of look at the heli side, but you pay $3,000 for that all up? It's like, yeah, but that's just a King Tech 160, you know, like, yeah. that's one, one turbine. That's one trip, yeah, for your turbine to get checked out yeah. and, re, and redone. No, I think yeah. the rebuilds are like three, four, 300 bucks or something like that, usually, the service thing, but but the initial buy-in, it's, it's a lot, and then, like, there's, there's like a lifespan. Like, I you thought know? that guy, when that guy hit the ground in Pennsylvania, because I thought of the same thing, Steve. Like, I thought exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, he built that airframe, scratch built it, yeah. but that, that turbine was done. <laughs> that yeah. thing got tossed I mean, 100 comes feet out. out. It's rolling, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah no way. I mean, everything's got to get replaced. At least the internals, everything got to get replaced on that thing. So, But, yeah, yeah. And that thing was a debris field because... He was he wasn't booking, but he was you know whatever. He was going pretty quick around that tree and then into the tree. <laughs> Ouch! Ouch! Yeah. Ouch. Um, yeah, had a friend of mine at the field lose one a few weeks ago, and he had hundreds of flights on this thing. It was a mm-hmm. it was a sports scale T forty five. It was beautiful. I he was the one he's the one that builds it's Jim Chapman, the one that builds for my other friend, and he'd gotten in a horse trade, this kit that was somebody had started on, but hadn't done a very good job with. And, and, uh, somehow he ended up with it and, uh, he built this thing. It's beautiful. I wish I could show you pictures of it. Just gorgeous. He had done it the Navy training scheme and everything. And he, um, he lost it all. It went down in a blaze of glory uh, a few weeks ago. And, um, it, uh, basically the, the it's got flying stabilizers or uh, flying stabilizers in the back, and uh, the the metal, the aluminum that goes from inside the the elevator to the mechanism inside the tail, it broke off about a quarter inch inside the stab. Yeah. So it, he was doing hundred and 
he actually had an airspeed indicator on it and he was doing 188 or something like that straight and level flying by and the thing just flew off and it went smack straight into the runway oh Ooh. man boom found the engine he said found the engine 100 feet away this is about 150 yards away yeah. it was it was crazy and it's you know a lot of the things that he had in that airplane were um you know, he didn't pay full value for it. It was, you know, trading for this or trading for that. But, you know, it's, if he was to go out and buy everything that he needed to make that something that flew that well, you know, it, it's thousands, you know, just crazy money. You know, the only reason he can, and me too. I mean, it's not that I can go out and spend $10,000 a weekend on an, on a new airplane or something like that. That's crazy. I do know people who can, but, um, it's because, you know, you skimp and you save or you trade or somebody's getting out or takes pity on you. Sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ramen um, noodles. You know, walk walk yeah. the street corner or whatever you do. <laughs> do what um, you gotta do. <laughs> you know, it's, you, you just you just find a way to get it, but it's it's you know you you spend a lot of time putting it together and putting getting yeah. the deals together, you know. So it's a heartbreaker. Yeah, for sure. Uh, do we have more questions for Tom, or shall we move it on to the next section? I think we can move it on since nobody's saying anything. <laughs> I had a couple questions, but I forgot them. So <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it. They'll come up later. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Let's move it on to the top ten shotgun roundup. Okay. Yeah, we haven't done this in a while, so that, that have awesome. we done this with George? I don't think we've done this with four people. I don't think you have with me. All right. So, um, yeah, let's do the top ten shotgun round. Uh, do you like? I guess I could go first. Who, who'd like to go second? Asking a question. I'll go second. Second. I'll go third. And then George, you want to come up and do the fourth? All right, welcome to the top 10 shotgun round. All right, uh, I'll start it off. We got pinch or thumb. Um, I think technically the term is hybrid. Thumb on top, finger in the front. Um, actually, that sounds bad, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> Been watching too many prison movies. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just comes from uh, flying pattern. A lot of guys fly that way. Just mm-hmm. it's precise, and it's also stick banging. It does not uh, does not translate well with that kind of a holding the sticks that way. Okay, not for me anyway. The second question is nitro or electric. I, I prefer nitro. Um, I'm trying to get back into nitro. I do. I've got that align. <clears throat> I won't say what I think of it right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I prefer nitro, but I have a lot of electric. I prefer fuel models. Um, as, as cool as electric and convenient as electric is, um, I, I'd much rather go out and burn something. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Number three, 500 and below or 550 and bigger. That's weird. I actually prefer how the 550 and bigger fly, but right now my two favorite helicopters are smaller. 
but okay. I would have I would have to say five fifteen bigger. Okay. Cool. Number four. When was the last time you flew something with a fly bar? Uh, aside from a blade, something or other. Um, I have one that I that came from a family member. Um, but as far as a real fly bar, oh, it'd have to have been T Rex six hundred that I had maybe six or eight years ago. Nice. Ooh. Uh, sport or 3d? Uh, definitely not 3d. Um, just don't have the, uh, the thumbs for it. Um, closer to sport. I, I prefer pre- precision, but I would not say that I actually am precise, <laughs> but yeah. See my precision flight? Oh, yeah, that was a very good sport flight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, now I know you're from California, so don't take this one the wrong way, but strap or strapless? Strap on. Um, no, it actually <laughs> it, it depends on the radio. If I'm flying a, like my um, V-Control, I don't use a strap because it, it's light. It doesn't bother me, but like the jetty. Um, I have flown it without a strap, but I prefer a strap on it just to support the weight. Cause that damn thing's heavy. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. What about servos cordless or brushless? So economical or high end? Um, it depends on the application. Um, but I tend to all things being equal tend to go for cordless. I've had some brushless servos, um, that you can feel the difference, but um, I, just the way I fly these days, it just doesn't matter. I'd, I'd rather be able to replace it cheaper. Sure. So. Before we go to the next one, just curious, on your jets, do you go cordless or brushless? Like on your turbines, like your big stuff? Uh, cordless. I, if I st- it, it really depends on what I'm trying to, um, like the, the, the big project that's been sitting in my garage for about a year, uh, as a quarter scale, um, Hawker Hunter and by Faye bow and the thing's huge. It's 10 feet long. Um, it came with, um, I bought it used, but I've, I've torn everything out of it and I'm in the process of putting everything back in. It, it had high tech servos in it before, and I can't remember what they were doing, but a couple of them were acting odd and, I've always liked JR servos, um, so I, I put some of those in there. And I thought about going brushless and just flat out just doing it. But, you know, it it it's really doesn't matter um, for that kind of an application. I mean, I, I guess maybe they could be considered smoother, but you're only deflecting, you know, using 10 to 15 degrees of throw either way. Yeah, uh, very true. I yeah, and very slowly. So, it, you know, I guess it could be smoother, but it's, you know, I, it's, I tend to focus more on torque and speed um, and voltage rather than whether the cordless or brushless mm. for that kind of stuff. Yeah, makes sense. Number eight, you, do you like a, a fuselage type helicopter or do you like a pod and boom? I've always liked the pod and boom. Um just for nostalgia, but I got to tell you the the um, the goblins it, it it helps a lot for visibility for me. Um, I, I like the pod and boom, but it's nothing against it. 
but um, I, I would prefer now um, kind of a more full fuselage. I'm, one of these days, I'd love to have a, uh, I always wanted um, an F3C type fuselage for a fuselage just to go fast. Um, Robert Gorham, I flew with, uh, flew with him a couple times up in Livermore, and he had the, was it a Stacy fuselage or something like that? And, you know, watching that guy do, you know, 100 mile an hour passes or however fast that thing was flying, you know, really smooth and really low is really impressive. It was cool. Not a speed run, mm-hmm. but more of a, like a, like he used to do when he, you know, like they do in F3C type competitions and stuff like that. It's really cool. One of these days I'll have one. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and then we have number nine, low or high head speed? Low. Okay. Low. I just, no reason. I Again, the way I fly, I don't need. Yeah. I, I, I'd rather fly longer and be easier yes. on the battery since I, you know, don't take care of them otherwise. <laughs> and number 10 is, do you prefer urcha-sized events or smaller local-sized events? I like to go to the bigger events as a, a spectator, um, but I've never been to Urcha. I, I, a couple of times it was on the calendar to go. A buddy of mine that also worked for an airline, we were going to just you know meet up in, in Indianapolis, rent a car, and, and go, and we just never did it. And um, um, I, I know I have to one day, but it, it's hard uh, with kids and stuff like that. And it's far from here, even though I can fly on an airline, it's so far. Yeah. But as far as big events, you know, we do have a, a jet meet here in California called Best in the West. And it's, excuse me, in the early October. And <clears throat> it's not quite a uh, Urcha size, but it's, you know, I think we had 160 pilots before last year. And that's a big event for out here. Yeah, um, that's a big, that's a good size. And it's, it's cool to sit and watch, but man, you get up to the flight line and there's five other jets flying around. And I mean, it's, Intimidating. It, it's in, it, yeah, there's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, it's very structured in that you fly a racetrack pattern. Everybody flies the same racetrack pattern. And if, uh, you know, before you land, you do a gear pass, make sure all the gear is down, and then you come back in for a landing and stuff like that. You have to alert everybody what you're doing so they know what to expect. I'm sorry, I got something in my throat. And uh, it's pretty stressful, but if you go to the smaller events, you have two or three guys flying. <coughs> it's more informal. I, I, I yeah. prefer that. I really prefer that. Fly as much as you want or as little as you want. Awesome. Nice. Nice. All right, so that was the top ten shotgun round. Thanks, guys. That was painless. We yeah, might have to change that to top twelve shotgun round. So each of yeah, us has sorry as a, a <laughs> oh, question, yeah. man. We come up with another. Yeah, I'm sure we can come up with a couple more. Yeah, I, was I liked gonna... your. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I liked your answer on the low head speed. Nothing I find more interesting than seeing a guy go out there with the seven hundred turn like. 2150 yeah. and then just hover and kind of sport fly around for three minutes and land. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Makes no it's, sense. It's, it's very interesting. It's like 
you, you run the high head speed because you want to have all that energy in the blades to when you do like 3D or yeah. Yeah. But when 3D. you don't do 3D, it's just like, yeah. it just sounds wow. like a helicopter is going to blow up. Because it's just sitting there, and move, yeah. move it around a little bit, fly yeah. circuit, figure eight, and then while, he's out of battery and land. Yeah. But it's screaming while it's just like, yeah. It's around, like, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe maybe he's figuring, Andy, the sooner I'm on the ground, the less time I'm going to be in the air, less possibility maybe. of me crashing. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Just be. saying, I've seen guys fly at super high head speed and not do anything that you couldn't do reasonably at like 1750. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, I mean, it's, you know, whatever you want to do is fine. I just find it interesting. Well, I, last time I flew the Kraken... I, I actually sat down before my fuel, before my, you know, milliamps alarm was off because, you know, flying around, switch between uh, head speeds and I do have a 2100 setting, but I, I almost never use it. And, uh, you know, fly 1950 or 1600 or something like that. I forget where it's at, you know, and then after five minutes, I'm like, okay, my brain's done. I got to land. And I look at the timer, like, oh, I still had, you know, 10% left, 15% left. Uh, yeah, flight flight a lot longer, right? What are you gonna say, Kevin? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, uh, I don't remember. I hit my head today. <laughs> so he remember. has a concussion right now. You know that that's the kind of you know man Kevin is. <laughs> Bleeding from the head, concussion, brain swelling, and still sitting here doing a podcast. Right. <laughs> Uh, I was very interested um, on your answer for your the number seven, the cordless or brushless servos, especially for yeah. turbines. I would think that you would want to go something like brushless because just the little added features of brushless, and I think they beyond the speed or torque or any of those numbers, I think the brushless servos center better. And I would think on a jet doing 120 or whatever, you want those servos to center every time, right dead center, like you know. Yeah. Um, I would have to say, though, I think that the cordless, you know, a lot of people, I guess, are using brushless these days, too. Um, but cordless um, center, good enough. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I, for helicopters, I can see, I, I, I do notice, or I have noticed a difference done, depending on the model. But, um, you know, a lot of, the, some of the best servos ever made for jets were, cordless servos and people still swear by them jr 8411s 8611s that type of stuff they're just bulletproof and they're just they don't have a lot of torque they're not real fast but you know they just have a feel to them and um you know centering was definitely you know some of the best you know in the day and they were cordless i i wonder if the centering doesn't have more to do with the brand like the quality could be. I know like people. JR, I know some people swore it. Is maybe a lower end one, brushless or cordless. Seems yeah. like the centering might have more to do with that. Yeah. But maybe not. I don't know. I mean, yeah. definitely possible. I mean, quality and you know component quality can make it or break it on any of these electronic devices. So, you never know. Yeah. Yeah, they're all made by Servo King or King. What is that? <laughs> Servo, whatever, Servo Tech, Servo King, whatever, they're all made by the same company, anyways. But when you're talking about centering, you're, you're t- the servo itself has that 
you know, secondary potentiometer to tell where it is. So, I mean, that right there, like you said, Steve, that could be the quality component, number one, and then your software or whatever little your code you've written. Yeah. I think, I, I think even Bert said it, that, like, I remember hearing in his last episode, he was mentioning that, like, uh, about the whole, like, coronavirus and, you know, getting parts from China and stuff. But he was, like, the pots of his servos, they come from Japan. Like, he tries to get the best possible. So that way, the centering and, and all that stuff, you know, the position markers. Right. How the servo knows what position is is using the best, right. you know, Yeah, it makes technology. sense. Yeah, that, that's why I'm saying I wonder if that has more to do with right. it than the actual motor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, motor type, right. Because that's right, your yeah. sensor. That's your feedback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then the different technology of cordless and brushes and how like center how fast off center and how fast it can go back to it and stuff is different too, but I mean that's getting the weeds of this stuff. Anyways. Well I would think at hundred and fifty miles an hour it's probably getting a little help too to get back to center. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 I mean that deflection. It doesn't want to deflect, right? Yeah. <laughs> it wants to stay as in line as possible for sure. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Uh, let's see. Do we have a planker segment? Yes, we do. Oh boy, Tom, you're in for a. <laughs> for oh my god, the, that that guy has a whole team of therapists, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, dude, he has definitely he has a team. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny stuff. He's not paying thirty nine ninety nine and going in for half an hour. No, he has a team. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not a retainer. He just, you know, whenever he has a, a thing, he just calls and they're there on call. <laughs> Wait, is that why you're on call so much, Kevin? <laughs> well, I'm, yeah, I'm not supposed to say anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's let's play this. All right. All right. I don't know why, but I might have to download this. The the players. <laughs> Oh boy. Hey Mike, this is the other angel. We'll say Lucy for sure. You know the one down low? I know that Lucy from up high has been calling you, trying to get you to stop the whacking. I'll tell you what, we down here, we want you to whack it more. I mean, really spank the shit out of that thing, man. I will get to your request in a minute. And another note, leave Steve alone, will you, with that Kyle Stacy bullshit? We got that. You're too hard on the guy. We, we want him to. We want him to have a little bit of pain. You're kicking his ass. <laughs> so about your um, about your request, we also listen to Free Fall Off's podcast too. That stupid planker thing is shit. We want you to club a baby seal live on the air. Then maybe we'll have a conversation about your request. Then maybe we'll get you that cracking. I still look back. Yeah. How's everybody? Episode 22 of The Planker. <laughs> I can't believe it. Okay, well anyway, we don't have a lot today. We, we're going to revisit um, Freefall, the Freefall RC pop Compound. Wow. <laughs> we're going to revisit the Freefall RC Compound. Actually, we only got to play um, a portion of that last time on the last episode. We had a lot more footage um, that we did not play. 
so let's see. We got open for emails. We got one last uh, two episodes back from Ian Joel. What do we got today? Wow, we got a Gray Eagle Jr. thing. Yeah, I'm not reading this. Him and I are trading recipes now. Uh, I sent him my uh, chocolate chip brownie, and he's sending me lemon squares, it looks like. So that's cool. All right, uh, let me pass you off to myself uh, with the rest of the Freefall RC compound visit. See ya. All right, so... Uh, we're on the uh, George Baker wing of the Free Fall Compound, and oh, wow. uh, there's not much here to see. There's a there's an elevator here at the end of the hall. Let's see. This is oh, we're at the top level. This is all sub levels. Wow. Well, let's just go all the way to the bottom. See what's down there. It's in his bunker. Thank you for visiting the George <laughs> Baker wing of the Free Fall RC Compound. We hope you enjoy your visit. Floor one. Black foam propeller plane. Floor two, white foam propeller plane. <laughs> Three, silver foam propeller plane. <laughs> Four, blue foam propeller plane. Five, green foam propeller plane. <laughs> Six, black foam EDF plane. <laughs> Seven, oh, white foam, EDF plane. Jeez. Eight, silver <laughs> foam, EDF plane. Oh, he's killing me. Nine and ten, blue and green foam, EDF plane. Okay, you're at our sub-level. Down here you can get our underground tram. Underground? I forgot, a, directly I forgot about silver. Warbird Island. Trans train thing. <laughs> Thank you for visiting Warbird Island, the George Baker Airplane Reserve. Wow. If you look to the left, you'll see our Ooh. reservoir used for foot planes. <laughs> if you look to the right, you'll see our runway. Oh, dude, that is super If you look cool. just up here to the left, you can see the George Baker Spare Parts Warehouse. <laughs> the size of that thing. Tours of the George Baker Spare Parts Warehouse is a two-day event. <laughs> uh, weekends only. <laughs> two-day event. Come on, come on. I got 15 minutes. I got to get this in. Let's go. It's the stupid uh, the RC guy. God. Oh, my God. Welcome to another... Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Episode 22. Are you telling me... Really? I did this 21 times already. Does anybody even listen to this stupid fucking thing? <laughs> How much do we get paid for this? We don't get anything? What? Look, I ain't got time for this shit. I gotta go find uh, Nissan Pathfinder door. 
<laughs> Don't even ask. No, it's there. It's all there for. Fault. The three amigos. The friggin' three FF guys. Well, no, now it's four. It's four, uh, four amigos. I gotta find some way to... F this has gotta be somebody's fault. I didn't do it. Wow, you smell that? Damn, I can't believe that came out of my ass. Holy shit. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, no, I think Bill Ann's mad at us. I don't know, I tried calling. Bill, Mike D. Bill. Bill? Bill, <laughs> come on. I got the, uh, I got extra mice. <laughs> okay. Listen to me. This is IX13. The Planker wants you to send in your emails about any subject you would to be plankerized. Yes. That, 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 that's a word now. Product reviews or any other person or thing you would like the Planker to get into. Send your email to shooter training. That's one word. Shooter training at gmail.com. And that is it. <laughs> all right. Now we know what happened to all those hundreds of planes George had to move to put all the helis in his hangar. Oh my God. I thought he was going to, he was doing, you know, level five <laughs> green planes. I thought he was going to go. Level seven lingerie. <laughs> Just throw that in there, right? <laughs> that would have been awesome. Uh, I mean, where, where are the helicopters? I don't know. Oh, he has that. That's third a year workshop. This is just storage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a whole nother section. Yeah. Whole helicopter division. Sub level fifteen. <laughs> I, I, I am surprised he didn't say silver EDFs because I mean I would think that would be one of the most. Did it not? I thought I didn't know. No, no he skipped George, it. and you mentioned the George, yeah. Whatever this over. So awesome! <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. What do we have for news and announcements? Well, I'm supposed to say news, dude. No, now you say it. It's ruined now. I mean, well, you already I said can't it. Remember what? I can't remember what. Else. No, Kevin. He always goes. Yeah. Uh, it's time for news and announcements. Yeah, and then you, you say news. Uh, she, dude, I tell you, I was hit in the head today. <laughs> I must have forgot the whole news and announcements. Segment. Well, Andy did news. No, he does announcements. Okay. <laughs> news. And announcements. <sighs> okay, I feel so much better. <laughs> that was really difficult for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Did we just do this last week? <laughs> <laughs> Did we? Uh, no, no, no. You were, you were. Wait. No, I was you here. Want, yeah, you were here the week before. You weren't. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So, what do we have? Let's see. Uh, have I ever talked about this company called Flex Innovations? On show? <laughs> I know. I know. I talked about it a week after you were on the show talking about it for the very first okay. time. So that's well, that's anyway. what I remember. <laughs> I don't. I couldn't remember if I'd ever mentioned them before. <laughs> uh, well, in geez. case you haven't, yeah, let us know. Yeah, in case I haven't, there's this company called Flex Innovations, <laughs> and they make a fantastic uh, gyro for airplanes called the Aurora, the Aura 8. 
don't know why I call it Aurora. And they have teamed up with Flight Test to build the FT Aura 5 Lite. And this is like a mini five-channel stabilization system for airplanes. Yeah. Okay. Great price for you. Yeah, and it's uh, fifty bucks, forty nine ninety nine, and it's tiny. Yeah, it looks kind of like the control board for a quad, actually. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I thought it was. Good. Yeah, it looks like it's it's less than one inch, one and a half inch by one and a half inch. It's yeah, like one and a quarter by one inch. So, uh, I'd heard that flight test had kind of been looking for a system for a while for some of their like little tiny planes that they're designing and building and stuff. Yeah. Cause the way this works, it's, I, I would compare it to like the AS three X on a horizon thing. Mm-hmm. Like it will take out some of the wind influences and, and stuff like that, but it doesn't fly the plane for you or anything. It really doesn't get in your way. Yeah. I'm talking about the aura eight. Uh, so, like, a lot of guys use them and still do 3D and stuff. Like, you can set it up. They just work fantastic. They're never, I, they're I, never in got, your way. Yeah, I've got one, and I've never liked, quote-unquote, gyros in airplanes. But it's absolutely unbelievable. I've got, I've had several little Mambas, Mamba 10s, and those things are just incredible. And they they make you look like you can actually fly even when you can't. Right, but it's never it's never fighting you. No, right, George, like it's no, it just smooths you out. Don't even right notice edge. it's there. It just right on a you're small foam plane. It will take out outside you're never fighting it. Basically, yeah, you're never fighting it. So huge kudos to Flight Test for teaming up with Flex Innovations to provide oh. this because they've already got a great system, the right software and all that stuff to make it work. They didn't go to some, you know, small or something. Uh, I don't know to get a crappy one. I think this will be absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, a few features that I was looking at that this has that the aura eight doesn't is they call beginner friendly features. Uh, one of those is launch assist level assist bank limit assist and then they have uh you can do different profiles for different types of planes and stuff so i assume with these launch assist level assist type things it's going to be kind of similar to the safe system on the horizon planes the e-flight whereas you can hit a button and kind of get a self level or I assume you could put it in a mode where when you release the stick, it'll go back to a self level, which is, it's not bad for someone, a beginner, someone learning. So now I have a question. Do you attach like your, like if I was using a spectrum radio, would would I attach my spectrum satellite to this? Yeah. You just plug a satellite in. Okay. Correct. That's it. You bind to that. Yeah. Cause Uh, if you're, if you're using something else, you can use like, X bus with Jetty, S bus, FR Sky can plug in, uh, multiple different radio systems can integrate with this with one wire. 
Yeah, I mean, Steve's not right. integrate, but interface. Yeah, but interface with, yep. It even says that there's an analog PPM stream you can use too. Like, that's not, I don't even know if that's any type of digital, like S bus or X bus or any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have any of that and you're using a receiver from like 2001, then yeah, you could use the, the, where you'd have the servo wire when it's split out yeah, to go to out. each channel. Cool. But if Spectrum, you'd plug in a satellite and you, assuming you're using a serial protocol receiver like an XBus or SBus or something, you can just use one wire to connect with that. That is a great price, under 50 bucks. Buy a penny. Which the Aura 8's always been good. It's only been 100 bucks. Yeah. It's a really good system. If they ever make a fly barless controller, it'll be phenomenal. Yeah, I wouldn't hold my breath. Yeah. yeah. Since I don't, they don't have anything to do with helis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. On that market at all. That market. But I'm telling you, it's the best stabilization I've ever seen. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta for, for the money. I gotta try. Maybe maybe I put it on that extreme flight or something, you know, just to kind of smooth things out. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, build, build the confidence up a bit, you know. Right. If you, just if you don't have that, one of their planes, you ought to you ought to get one. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Like, yeah, I that Q either that Mama Ten or the QQ three hundred little foam. You know, yeah. forty some inch wingspan. Do the night one. It's just an absolutely fantastic airplane for tooling, tooling around with, learning 3D and stuff. Yeah, that Mamba it, Ten is right up my alley. Really like the bottom yeah, lines. It's fantastic. It's gorgeous. It is, yeah. and it's tough. I mean, I have, I've, I've had two of them, and both of them were crashed when I got them, and I've crashed them multiple times, and I've only replaced, I think, one servo. Really, really good airframes. Awesome. And they're, they're just so fun to play with. You get them out there and, you know, hover around the power lines with them. <laughs> but what's the size up from the Mamba 10? They have a Cap 232 EX. That's, uh, they have, uh, they have yeah, a Mamba, though. They have a Mamba Yeah, they 60. have a Mamba 60. The foam one? Yeah. 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 Uh, Lance Odom, one of our members here in Tired Iron, he got one of them a couple weeks ago man it looks good i really i really ought to get one of those as I much have, as i enjoy the 10 yeah i have the cap 232 kevin which is like a 60 inch wingspan oh, airplane and it, like it flies good but i almost would rather just fly the the little 300 the qq3 extra 300 okay just because I think it's, I don't know, it's easier a little bit to fly, and you can throw it around a little better. The the, the cap flies good, but it's a lot heavier, so you kind of got to be a little more careful with it. Okay. I got to pick up one of these. Do you have the night one? No. Like the oh, the one? cap, I do have the night. But I have two of the the three hundreds. Yeah, the night ones are really nice. They they light up really well. If you like biplanes, look at that Mamba Ten. Yeah, I think there's a night version of it as well. Oh no, kidding! 
Now their stuff's kind of expensive, but they do put really nice motors, really nice servos, uh, like hobby wing speed controllers and stuff. So they're, they're, I think they're a little bit higher quality than your average off the shelf foam airplane. They use a good quality foam plywood substructure inside. Now, do you have the flight stabilization in, in any of these models? Yeah, it comes with them standard. Oh, really? So, yeah, that, that's what makes it. Yeah, it makes them fly fantastic. Oh, okay. Nice. And that's one thing. While the planes are a little expensive, remember you're getting a $100 flight, control flight stabilizer with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can just plug in a Spectrum satellite and you're good to go. Kevin, go get the go get the biplane. I'll buy the cap. I'll buy the the extra three hundred in the night version. I think I, I want something for night for our fun flying uh, in May. Yeah. The I don't see a night version available in the Mamba Ten. Um, but that's fine. I I'd, I'd get one of those. Oh, yeah, they don't have. Uh, get a Mamba sixty. Going to be back in stock mid March. Ah. That Mamba 10, you can literally just, you can fly it like a helicopter. Yeah. You can just, you can hover it just straight down. Set it right down. Nice. It's so much fun. So, Kevin, go with the Mamba 60, 60, um, night version, 569. <laughs> night that, version. Yeah, Kevin, or Steve, it. they've got the, the G2 now on the 300. That's what I'm It's got at. a little bit of stronger motor and stuff. No, this guy Andy keeps on talking about Flex Innovations. You know, I should try it one day. Again. Have we ever mentioned Flex Innovations? <laughs> I couldn't remember. I think it was I think episode I mentioned them one one forty seven. Maybe a long time ago. <laughs> what is it? Oh shit! That Mamba, that Mamba sixty at least they're showing where the aileron the ailerons are down or yeah. like flaps and then yeah, the you can do crow. up yeah. Oh, yeah that's the other thing you can do with these aura eights you can do all kinds of nice crow mixing flapperons spoilers you can do all that kind of cool stuff with them wow now cool. back to the the aura five it don't it's only a five channel so you're going to be limited i guess you could do you could maybe do flapperons, but you're not really going to be able to do crow and stuff because you just don't have enough servo inputs. Right. But for a, a like a flat a home built flight test plane or something or a really small UMX type plane, yeah, this thing looks awesome. Yeah. Or even a wing. Yeah, wing. Mm, Pretty neat. Cool. I'm excited to see this. Andy, do you use your uh, jetty on these, or do you? Uh, yes, I use jet. Well, both, but the one I flow, <laughs> fly most, I put. Uh, well, most of them actually, I put uh, like an R three or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Just use X bus. No, nope, it yeah. it works well. Oh, tempting. I've got <laughs> one of those the jetty assist receivers, and I haven't tried it yet. It's been <laughs> sitting here for like a year. It's I, it's I had the same thing. I had one sitting around, and I like I said, I tried it for the first time this last weekend. And it's the, the setup is probably isn't as easy as something like this. A um, couple of things, yeah, but you got integration with your transmitters. So. Yes, and that's nice. Okay. I mean, this the setup is is not it's typical jetty. It's the 
the first step is listed last. <laughs> the thing that you need to know first is listed last. And, but it, it, it once you get going and you, you, and you start getting it in there, it really doesn't take any time at all. And it, it yeah. works fantastic. I haven't tried it on a 3d airplane, just a EDF, but it really works good. I would say the, probably the only negative with this Oris system is, if you want to go adjust a bunch of stuff, like change gains and stuff, you do have to plug it into a computer. Uh, wow. So, Again, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you can put it on. You can put gains on a dial, or yeah. and you you have three banks. So just like your fly barless unit, so you can have like like stock. It comes with uh, bank zero is no gyro at all, like no nothing. Bank, bank one is um, low gains. Okay. Like um, low gains, low throw for like high speed flight. Precision. And then bank three is high gains, full deflection for 3D stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah. then you can customize and change all that around, whatever. Nice. Like I usually just turn the gains down enough to where no matter what, not 99% of my flying on these, I use full deflection, add some expo, and then turn the gain down enough to where it doesn't it doesn't shake at high speed. Uh-huh. So I'm not getting full advantage of the gain when I'm like doing a hover, but I don't ever really have to worry about like flipping to a different switch for a high speed pass or whatever. I just pretty much fly it in one mode constantly. Nice. Cool. So check yeah. those out, flexinnovations.com, and I haven't looked, but I'm sure they'll be at the flight test store as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Spe- speaking of flight test, uh, I saw the dates for Flight Fest 2020, and that is July 16th through the 19th. All right. In Malvern, Ohio. Yep. At the usual location at Fury Field, Malvern, Ohio. Kevin, you want to go to this one? Yeah, we should try, man. At least shoot out there like we did the one time. Yeah, just do, uh, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, come back. How far is it from you guys? Seven hours. Yeah, like seven. I wonder how far it is from me. Probably like 17. Like a, <laughs> no, about eight. Yeah, it's further than Urcha for me. Yeah, and Urcha is what, six and a half, seven to you? Yeah, about six and a half. So it's probably about seven and a half, eight to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, it's a good event. I just, it's like, it's, you know, it's very plane centric. So I will still bring my helis, but I think I definitely want to bring a build a plane or two just for this like something flight test i'm actually interested in buying that, that flight controller because i feel like i can use that in a couple of the planes i have right now so and five channels will be more than enough right yeah two ailerons tail yeah yeah for like a simple plane sure yeah. well i mean i have like a the that small 3d plane i have which i just have a spectrum satellite i mean spectrum four channel or six channel receiver in there and i was thinking 
why not put it in there and mess around with it? Just, you know, mm-hmm. if I do enjoy it, then I can put it on my big plane if I want to. Or, or buy the Aurora 9 or 8 or whatever and put that in a big plane. Or buy the QQ and fly the crap out of it until I crash When you it. smash it, then put yeah. the control on something else. That's right. what I would do. Yeah, and I could do that and, you know, so. The only thing is I want the night and green and they don't have it in stock, so I'll have to wait. Well, look around like flight test store carries their stuff. They could have one. Oh, that's a good idea. Other places. It's seven and a half hours by Google, so eight with the camper. Yeah, stops and stuff, yep. I'd like to come up there. I haven't been since that one time in 2015. Yeah. Well, if you do, let's do it. We could make a thing out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I could maybe take off Friday and do a three-day oh, yeah. weekend. Yeah. Come on, Kevin's going to make it worth your while. He's going to take Friday off. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, son. He's going to try. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. See, this is the thing where I'm looking at. It's like, damn it, if I didn't have to like work and make money for a living, yeah. <laughs> I'd zip up there, stay all week, and then I'd go dick around somewhere and take my time, move across Ohio, and then I'd be ready for Urcha. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you, how does that work out so, with your uh, with your with your schedule? Yeah, that'd probably be okay. They moved it a week later, so that they should have like that wheat and stuff cut, or the beans or whatever. Or I guess I don't know what they're putting there. I heard Andre say they moved it back a week, so hopefully that more of the crops would be cut and possibly less rain. So that's actually good for me. I just looked on my phone, dude, and my niece is getting married the weekend before that. Uh, so that means you're free that weekend. And then I'm on call that weekend. My wife already was like, this is this is how everything's been going, and I wish I could play the lottery like this because it's been 100%. My wife wants to go away on vacation. She picks a week. I'm on call every single time she's done it in the last year. She just said to me, you know, Kylie's getting married on the 10th. Uh, how about we go to Florida the week after? And I'm like, I don't know. Let me look. I'm on call. She's hit it 10 out of 10 times. Mm. <laughs> it's just been the way, way it's been. Let's just make sure you're not on call the first week of August. No, I shouldn't be if I'm on call. I don't think I'm on call in August at all, the way it works. If you are, I'm going to come up there and smack you over the head so you can't work. Well, that's what that I tried that myself today. Blame, Didn't work. Brains bleeding. <laughs> Didn't work. Uh, All right. So, what else we got in news and announcements? Oh, I wrote the comment period is over. Yeah. So, yeah. what's the total? It's over, Johnny. What was the total? Fifty-one thousand and six is what I saw earlier today. And I assume it's not changed. Dude, I gotta say that that is a. Uh, I don't think that's a bad number. I think it should should have been twice that, like Steve was saying earlier. But when you consider that <laughs> before the comments, when we were doing the comments, well, what three years ago was only like yeah. eighteen thousand. So we. Well, I was gonna say, considering there was only like twenty thousand on here two a week and a half ago, that's pretty good. Yeah. Apparently, we all waited to the last minute to do it. Yeah. Well, I'm glad people did it, man. I really am. Yeah. I I don't know. Part of me thinks it's really not going to do anything. But um, 
But then, you know, dude, when you look at, like I said, when you look at the 18,000 the last time and FA kind of was like, okay. And then, uh, you know, hopefully they look at it. I'm, I'll try and be positive. <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think it will. I mean, they'll have to revise the proposed rule and then we'll have to go through all this again. Oh, man, I just, it, it tears me up, dude. Like, just make it line of sight versus FPV or, you know, yeah. GPS versus non GPS is so easy. Well, I mean, there's a possibility we could get that. I saw a lot of comments asking for that. I know this is the government we're talking about. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put money on it, but it's a possibility. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Anybody else got news? George? Tom? We're having a a, uh, hangar day slash work day. (laughs) This, this Saturday here at Tired Iron. So if you're in that neighborhood, have a chainsaw. We're going to get rid of some trees. Yeah. Okay. Trees are the enemy of aircraft. So at least model aircraft. And the end of wire that goes completely across your runway. <laughs> yeah. You want me to bring some bolt cutters? Cut nah. that wire down? If we didn't have that. Power, power line to fly underneath. I mean, it'd be, you know, a really boring place. <laughs> yeah, no one that wire's infamous now. Yeah. I know, it's right, right now, there's a mirage, a free wing mirage wing hanging out there on it. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. On it? Jeez. Wow. yeah. It was doing a high speed pass and uh, caught one of the wings and it just, it just stayed there. It's got about, I guess, probably. 15 inch the servo wire hanging out of it. Nice. <laughs> okay. So let's move it on to what's next for you in the hobby. What's next for you, Steve? Uh, I want to fly. Hopefully on Sunday, I'm guessing. But um, yeah, more recently, like I've been doing a bit of stuff on, on my new pickup truck and also around the house. And um, I think at this point, like, since I don't have a lot of RC stuff on my plate, I need to um, focus a little and get my home office set up a little bit more. I did get that fireplace insert done today. So, oh, nice. so, that, so now that's awesome and all done. Just in time so now, for summer. Yeah, just in time for today. was, what, 50 <laughs> degrees outside? Yeah. You know, but, yeah, just in time for summer for sure. But, you know, I have a feeling we're going to get hit with something. Um once this warm spell kind of goes away. Actually, anyway, the forecast now for Sunday says 52 degrees, so that would be awesome. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. Global warming. Fuck it, I'll take it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I want to build a. I want to build a desk. I want to build a desk that I can have. You know, have my two monitors set up and and have my printer and my vinyl cutter all kind of snuck away in the desk and I can pull it out when I need to like you know with slide out drawers so I have a basic design already in SketchUp and I'll probably um, just take the basic dimensions and and freeform it and do it you know and just build it up so I might go hit up the field Sunday morning make it a short couple hours like I did uh, this past Saturday and then drop the stuff off go to Home Depot load it up some plywood and uh, come home and do some building. 
So nice. Yeah. What have you been doing to the truck? Just little mods. Um, I got this. Just little mods to like have the fog lights turned on when my headlights turn on, so I don't have to hit the damn button all the time. Um, I'm gonna get my front window tinted. So I've been looking into seeing if I can do it or if I should just go pay someone to do it. I, I might do the latter. I don't know. I might give it a shot too. Um, beyond that, right like little things. Yeah, beyond that, like little things like, you know, I can't stand those stupid long antennas. So I got a little shorty one. I got I did the bed cover already, but I'm trying to arrange the back to kind of work for what I need, like being able to put crap in there, but also being able to store helis in there when I go to the field. So, uh, my setup right now is pretty good, but, you know, it's like a it's like one of those things that you kind of set up and you look at it and you're like, it can be better. Right? Oh, yeah, it always so, evolves. Yeah, so evolves, there's iterations of it and stuff, so, so I've kind of been messing with that, and I really, I don't know, I'm really enjoying the new truck, by the way, <laughs> I just, I don't know, it's cool, I like it, I'm really enjoying it. Good, that's good, dude. Yeah, yeah, better be, first payment. Thought you would. <laughs> first but, payment? Yeah, that's, what were you going to say? You just got yeah. hit with the first payment? <laughs> oh, second payment, was I had to give a payment when I first drove it out of the lot, but yeah. Yeah. I got my little bill here. Set up auto pay and get it over with. Um, yeah, that's about it for me. Uh, what about you, Kevin? Yeah, dude, go flying on yeah. Sunday. Uh, I'll probably be a little bit later to the field because I plan on working on my other hobby Saturday night. And uh, yeah, that's it. You sure? You sure Mike's not going to do an 8, 8 a.m. roll call at the diner? Oh, if he does that, I'll probably be there for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just drink a lot Friday night so that you can recoup Saturday and be good for Sunday. Yeah. You know, you can go light on Saturday. Don't, you know, I'm not saying don't drink on Saturday. Come I, on. I'm, I'm that kind of person. I'm slowly coming to the terms with that. Um, this whole mindset of mine for the weekend is leading towards uh, alcoholism. <laughs> like, I'm looking at myself <laughs> in the mirror and I'm going, are you an alcoholic? Well, <laughs> You're questioning. I don't think so. <laughs> when I was in the army, my first sergeant asked me that one day. He, he, he was like, uh, "Do you do you uh, do you know what an alcoholic is?" And I was like, "Well, I consider an alcoholic somebody who drinks every day. Like, can't live without it every day. That's my definition. So, I'm definitely not to that point. <laughs> Maybe every weekend, unless I'm alcohol, I'm responsible." And that's that's the key, right? Like, an alcoholic to me is not the person who drinks every day because they can maybe, you know, well, maybe they do drink every day for the most part. But it's the it's the control. Like when they don't like when they can't drink, they drink anyways. Yeah. Or they shouldn't drink. I should say they drink anyways. So. Yeah. Um. Cool. To drink, fly, relax this week. Yep. Awesome, Kevin. Uh, what about you, Andy? Work, work, fly, work, fly. I got uh, kind of a pro. It's not a project, but a thing we got to do starting this weekend, probably all next week. That's kind of why I had to work last Sunday when the weather was pretty, getting prepared for that. Okay. So uh, I'll be doing that, but I'm going to try to sneak in a few flights here and there. Yeah. Possibly toward the end of this week. I think the weather's going to be nice. I might try to get four or five flights in just so I don't forget how. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, I wanted to add too that I'm also going to be putting the opinion in that uh, gasser. <laughs> You're going to do that? Awesome! I won't have to do it. Thanks, Just, Kevin. I, I appreciate that. I can't hear about it anymore, dude. So you're uh, going to do that, and Steve's going to build the... I'm going to build the barnstorm. Barn yeah. Barn yeah, okay, good. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Delegate. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing it right. We're all doing it wrong. <laughs> Dude, as long as I get my corn and my crops, I, I don't care. As long as I get food on my table, I will do what it takes. Yeah. That's it. Nah, it's... um. It's not all work that's preventing me from doing some of this stuff. Some of it's just been laziness. I'll admit that. I was lazy when I had time to do it. Now I don't actually have time to do it. So I'm like, well, it was stupid to not get stuff done when I actually had time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What about you, George? Got anything coming up? Man, like I said, the hangar day, work day, Saturday and uh hope to cut down you know if you stand here looking out the uh the um the porch mm -hmm. looking down towards the creek those trees pretty large trees over to the left there in the fence row yeah we're gonna yeah. try to take those down okay cool that'll help the approach won't it you yeah go over those and then drop in and then two just flying helis out in the backyard here right beside the hangar instead of going all the way out to the oh yeah okay flat line andy that'll help you line up right for that wire that goes across the runway. Yeah, exactly you can really build up some speed <laughs> you hit it you know what's funny is is people most people they come and they're lined up pretty good and then they they get close and they start panicking they either go down too far or come up too high and they panic and they go the opposite direction, slam into the ground or hit the wires. Most of the time, you know, they don't have to fly underneath the wire, but it, the temptation is just too great. <laughs> I, I can believe it. It really is. <laughs> but uh, that, other than that, still working on some cool scale projects right now. Nice. Yeah. So you're shooting your wife with the tank. <laughs> yeah. Spanky doesn't like the tank too much. <laughs> Especially I when I started, when I hit the smoke button. Oh, my oh, gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a small tank that, uh, that I got, that, that Kevin got actually for me. Uh, I think it was a Christmas gift. And, yeah, it shoots BBs in it and all that stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, I haven't tried, you know. Assaulting my animals with it yet, but uh, you know, oh, not, you gave me some ideas now. I'm just like, oh, yeah, and these I can't have, give... have IR and everything. You know, if you've got another tank with the same IR, you can shoot and knock each other out. <laughs> nice. Yeah, see, Steve, you just gotta uh, teach your son how to drive it, and he can go around shooting everyone. No, but then he'll shoot me. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they'll go forever on one battery. So, yeah. Yeah. We can terrorize the whole house. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. And what about you, Tom? Um, well, I got to, um, <clears throat> in advance of my uh, my buddy coming into town next couple of days, I got to 
do some wrenching on an airplane, pull a uh, brake controller out of one jet to the other from the Ultra Flash into the uh, little other sport jet I have. That'll be tomorrow. And then Thursday, Friday, and Saturday should be spent most of the day at the field flying airplanes and telling lies. So that should be good. It should be like a <laughs> lot of fun. Nice. Yeah. So I actually also have to do something. I have to order I have to order some stuff for my friend because he doesn't want it delivered to his house. <laughs> mm. So I got I gotta get on that in the next couple of days. That's funny. funny I yeah. I knew a guy that bought a motorcycle that way. Bought bought a motorcycle in Daytona Beach, Florida. We came back from Florida and he parked it in my garage. And I said, <laughs> Why don't you want to park it in your house? And he says, Because and because he, he didn't want to, I found out from his brother that he owed his mother money and he didn't want his mother seeing that he bought a new motorcycle. <laughs> so he had it in Mark. my garage for about three to four months and I was finally getting sick of it. And I threw a big party and I fired up my motorcycle and we were doing burnouts. And the next day he said, oh, wow, that was some party you guys had over there. And I, I, he was like, I heard all the, I heard that motor revving and, you know, sounded like you guys were doing burnouts. And I was like, yeah, your motorcycle really did the whole shot really nice. And uh, he came and got it like a week later. Yeah, I was ripping through, you know, third, fourth gear burnouts, man. <laughs> I, I think I said something like, my motorcycle, that was yours, dude. And that was it. <laughs> he came and got it. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Look, do we have any voicemail segments? I didn't even look. Let me look. I think we did, actually. Okay. Somebody butt Dallas. Sounds like they're listening to Devil Driver or something like that. All right, here's another one. <laughs> what the hell? One put that up the shower? Intelligence from our listeners. <laughs> All right. So if you want to leave us a voicemail. Yeah. How would they do that? Uh, they would call 973-something-something-something. Uh, 973-936-8936. That's it. And no matter what you leave us, we will play on the air. Yep. Unless it's Bernie Sanders, we're not playing him on the air, dude. I do not care. 
We might play it, but we might edit it out. <laughs> I don't know what even those last voicemails were about, but yeah. Okay. All right. Is it time to wrap it up? It's time to wrap it up. All right. So before we wrap it up, I want to give a huge thanks to Tom taking the time coming on the show, spending the last two and a half hours or so with us. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Tom. I appreciate it, guys. I appreciate it. You know, I spent a lot of time listening to you guys do this, you know, podcast because I got a long right. drive to work. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoy it, actually. Except for the Planker segment. That sucks. Um, <laughs> you heard that, Mike? He Mike knows. sucks. <laughs> but, no, I just want to thank you. I know you guys do this because you love it, and it's part of the hobby for you, too. But I have, uh, you know, a three-plus-hour drive uh, once a week each way. And whenever if I love it when I can get to my car and I realize, oh, I got I can watch, you know, free fall RC or listen to it. And, uh, it really makes the miles go by. So thank you. Awesome. Each and every week. Um, uh, I appreciate it. Enjoy it. Thanks for the feedback. Yeah. yeah. Thanks Tom. Thanks for thanks coming for, on. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for listening. You know, thanks for all of it. Really good. Really great chat with you. Yeah. Oh, appreciate it. You, you really ought to find someone more interesting though. Cause you know, damn, Ah, <laughs> uh, no, that's don't say that. I mean, you know, really did enjoy the, your take on the whole because you see the, the you know, the commercial side and, and also the hobby side of this, you know, aviation. So it's good to get yeah, that in. Thanks. There. It was a good time. I appreciate it. I had a good time. Thanks. Awesome. All right. So let's wrap it up. What do we have for Facebook likes? We are at 981. Wow, we are really creeping up. To that thousand mark soon, huh? No, yep. we got to do something, man. Nineteen more. What the hell are we gonna do? Nineteen people like us in the next week, we're screwed we- <laughs> because we have nothing for one thousand. We should do something at least, at least something, you know. We could send out autograph pictures of Mike D. <laughs> to anybody who one wants them, that'll be easy. Anybody who wants them, we'll send it out. <laughs> One of his hats. Yeah, what just is- call Mike. Say, hey, send these people pictures. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll figure something out. But anyways, we are plus three, I think. I, I don't remember what we did last week. I looked at last week's notes and I was like, there's nothing in <laughs> Um But I believe it's these three. So let me butcher these names. Two of them or one of them definitely I'm going to butcher. We have Paul... I want to say Carrera, Carrera, Carrera. Don't say it, but you that one. Sorry, Paul. Uh, Scott Anderson. Yes, that was easy. And we have Jason Gutemann. I think. All right. I thought we said uh, Scott Anderson. We might have. Yeah, we did. Last uh, week. There. Did we say Paul? No. I don't and think this is the order that I saw him in though. So, eh, Facebook is Facebook. They suck. They suck more than Mike T. Uh, okay, so what do we have for Facebook comments? Uh, well, on the Facebook page that we have on the piss poor web page that is Facebook that Steve hates. Uh, on our last episode, charging at the field, Sam Learson 
said really good info on the show. I was pondering what to do for charging at the field. So I went and picked out up an inverter based on your recommendation. Thanks. Uh, awesome. Cool. Sam, Kevin McGrady, um, from the Helly heads podcast said, great show. I recently got to a point where I really wanted to simplify my trips to the field, especially if you're carrying fuel model, carrying a fuel model. Also, I brought four 12 S stick packs and four six S packs. So if I take only electrics, I have plenty of packs for the trip to the field and no need for a generator. And uh, somebody from Freefall commented, "Do you uh, what? Uh, do you find when you only fly electrics that you spend half a day charging? Um, and was there ever a time you burnt through those pack and wanted to fly more? That was Steve. And he said, honestly, at my field, typical, uh, you know, time sharing the field with other heli pilots or plane pilots, uh, eight flights is a huge accomplishment for him." So he, you know, he charges everything the night before. I, I can see that, uh, you know, because it used to be I, I tried to bring as many things as I could and get as many flights in as I could. And now it's like, yeah, for me personally, it's like, you know, I just go and I have a good time, whatever I'm yeah. doing, you know? Yeah. Our good I, try buddy, to get, I try to get a couple of flights in, but I don't, you know, it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Uh, our good buddy Dave Hill said another great podcast. There is... One method that you didn't cover, but uh, I wouldn't advise to do it. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I first got in the hobby, my crappy cheap charger was AC only. Um, yeah. But what I did have at home was an APC UPS uh, <laughs> that 50 pounds. 50 yeah, pounds. Yeah, 50 pounds. 50 pounds. Of lead if acid. you're lucky, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he would hike that to the field. But it, you know that that thing's only I don't know that's those things aren't really gonna power your equipment for long, and that's what he goes on to say. Um, and he said last year at the Free Fall RC podcast Helifest, he got think about generators. He uh, he says he already had a four thousand watt that powers his home in case power goes out. Um, that's too heavy. He picked up one of the thousand watt Sportsman that we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. Um, with parallel capability, he takes that to the field, and he can run three of his chargers, three hundred watts, to charge uh, twelve packs at a time. Wow! But, but he's he he flies. Um, yeah, small packs. A lot of small, yeah, a lot of small Big airplane. Twenty two hundred three S's and smaller. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Tate says, "Yeah, man, this will <laughs> keep me occupied on my trip tonight." Thanks, guys. Can't wait to listen. Maybe get some, maybe get me some ideas. Colton Beckwet said, uh, yeah, looking forward to another episode. Charles L. Carrington Sr. said, great show. Uh, for me, a generator is a must. I only charge my V-Touch and small uh, RX packs uh, for his nitro and his nitro starter packs at home. Uh, the main benefit for him having a generators to charge his two packs per heli, his 12 S for six ninety six, or his 14 S for his eight Oh, eight Oh six. Um, he says he bought a truck to be his heli hauler. So his generator tables and nitro fuel starter say in the bed of the truck all year round. And Steve said, nice bro. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Charles is a good dude, man. Yeah. Everybody's a good dude out there that, uh, 
takes time to comment. So thanks, guys. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So what do we have for website comments? What do we have for website comments? Oh, I saw one that caught my eye from Mr. Moreno from the Skids Up podcast. We're such a big, happy family. He says, hi, guys. Just a quick note. A friend left his batteries unattended for 15 minutes and returned his basement full of smoke. He was lucky, but he lost several packs on a charger. Luckily, not his house. Even on a detached garage, I would not leave batteries under unattended. Um, check they don't start up warm or do anything weird. I pre-charge all my packs. Um, there's three or four per heli now uh, to prep before he goes to the field. So, I mean, he pre-charges those packs. So wouldn't that just be as, just as dangerous as being like, oh, I guess not as dangerous. No, not if you're with the charger. Yeah. Leaving the charger and going in the house is the dangerous part. What I've done is brought all my stuff upstairs. So if I'm hanging out um, with a few cocktails, uh, I'm charging as I'm charging. <laughs> I'm getting charged and so are the batteries. Yeah. And then they're not unattended mm-hmm. until I pass out on the couch, wake up later. Yeah. Um, wake up later and the batteries. But yeah. yeah, so don't do that, kids. <laughs> It's like, God, it's getting hot in here. You got to the smell of cordite or whatever that is. Uh, we also have an email from GE Jr. Gray Eagle Jr. That says the latest is in biomanufacturing. Biomanufacturing. A cure-all for the beast. Knees. No ketals of sting of importance. I presente the ultimate in feline travel as the latest magic eight ball. And he sends two pictures. One is a cat's head uh, yeah. on an airplane, a surprised yeah. cat's head on an airplane. Type of Airbus or something. It almost looks like background. the Batmobile from the 50s with the big giant bat head. <laughs> and then what is this other contraption? It looks it's like the aerial atom. The aerial atom. It's it's a caged coaxial device inside a plastic cage. A ball shaped thing. A ball. All right. It rapidly accelerates, it says on it. (laughs) Mr. Gray Eagle never. Oh, you can't use this, Kevin. It's ages 14 plus. I'm sorry. Ah, shoot. Damn it. And we got an email from Tom. Yes. But he made it on the show. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that about again. That. No, no, it's all right. I, I apologize. I forgot you guys published all that stuff. And I thought, oh, man. <laughs> probably uh, was a don't worry, Tom. I scolded Steve properly. <laughs> Forgetting. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm apologizing for forgetting about that I had you scheduled last week. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that's like all right. You messaged me like, <gasps> oh, Okay. <laughs> no, no worries. It, it actually worked out better because I was, I was at work and yeah. it, it was, you know, it, it just worked out better. So no worries, no problem. Sweet. All right, uh, people of Podbean. People of Podbean, we had some activity on the Podbeans. We had a S Martin Dad Two G Five. 
and RC Car Stars started following us. Uh, Muzz105, Heli Man, Mike Welch, Heli Fun, and Tired Iron, GRB, liked episode 214, Charging at the Field, and Heli Man also threw in an extra like for episode 213, The Last of the Hobby Shop with Shannon Turner. And that's it for Podbean this week. All right. What do you guys and got? You got Podbean that's, comments? That's Podbean comments. Uh, we have two. <clears throat> okay. All right. Two days ago, both were two days ago, in fact, we have Keith W. Regarding AccuRC, you said, get it on AccuRC.com or Steam. But no matter where you buy it, it will end up on Steam. The difference is that when you buy it on their website, they get all the fun from the sale. Um, Steam takes a 30% cut. Damn, I didn't know it was that much. Wow. When you buy it from Steam Store. So I always recommend buying it from the website. When you buy it on their site, they give you a, a game key which activates in Steam. And from that point on, it's just like if you bought it from Steam. So that's very good. Um, except that the de- devs, uh, developers, get all the money instead of Steam taking so. Uh, so there is an AccuRC demo. If you don't want to buy it first, you get only one field and one heli, but it's a good way to try it out. Yeah. If yeah, I didn't good. realize that. That's a good advice. Yeah. Yeah, which is which is interesting because, like, Steam is a is a service, right? Like, it's a service for game developers or publish, you know, who want to publish a game that they make or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And. You can give a code, like you can buy it on their website, get a code, and still use all their backend infrastructure, right? Their their Steam, their downloading, their servers to get the app, the servers that host whatever, all the stuff, you know. But you can circumvent the thirty percent, you know, cut by just going to the original. I don't know. Maybe they may you have know? to pay something on the back end or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, possibly. Maybe it's but, less. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, definitely, know. definitely support. Uh, you know the folks that make accuracy. Yeah, absolutely. They put a lot of work into that. They put so a lot of work. Yes. They're always updating and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, go get your copy of accuracy at accuracy.com. All okay. right, and then we have. Oh, I recognize this picture. I think I know who this is. But we have this person, RC Bound. Two days ago says cleaning house and wireless earbuds start saying low battery as you guys are talking about your <laughs> transmitter battery low limits. Ha <laughs> Nice. <laughs> All right, thanks. Yep, and that's it. I know exactly uh, what he's talking about. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. I hate when I get that. Especially when I'm commuting. Oh, of course. That's why I carry two headsets. Uh all right. iTunes review. I saw nothing new on iTunes, but what am I paying? But I just want to say thanks to everybody who has commented. There's been quite a few over the years, and they keep us laughing. I mean, some of them are freaking hysterical. Yeah, most of they hold up well, (laughs) and they are awesome. I was gonna say most of them are awesome, but all of them are awesome. So thanks, guys. Awesome. Okay, so. Drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Emails at free4c at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4c podcast. Uh, 
Let's see. Check out our webpage, freeforcypodcast.show. That show? Say hi to Robert. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. We got, let's see here, Flight Test Forums, Off the Field, Audio and Video Production, on the Flight Test Podcast. Free Hey, the flyer. Steve cut out for a while there. Nice. And we're just going to keep it like that. So, fellow podcasters. Hey, Dave. Hi, <laughs> we have the Heli Heads. Heli Heads is Kevin, Mike, Scott, Dave, Pierce Sacco and Mangetti, <laughs> Biden and Sanders. No, uh, probably not <laughs> those last two. <laughs> uh, all right. Telerotor podcast. Telerotor is Michael, Michael, Rich, and Robert. Oh, man. You, you, you got this down now. I do. Uh, BK. I did BK hit my head RC today, podcast. so there's no telling where it's going to go. Um, <laughs> BK is Kyle and Bert. Okay. Or just Bert. And we Cameron. have. Mm-hmm. Uh, RC Roundtable with Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Yep. High Voltage with Bobby Watts. Skids Up uh, with Paul, 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 and Paul. <laughs> Three Pauls and a Ringo. Paul, John, <laughs> Ringo. Paul, John. I think, I think Jimmy Jones is in there too George. somewhere. <laughs> Jimmy Jones. <laughs> and, Mary. and Mary. George, Paul. And Mary, Paul. Yep. Ezekiel. Um, cool. <laughs> All right. Inverted down under. <laughs> That's with Jeff and Ozzy Mozzy. Ozzy Mozzy. Which I haven't heard really? anything from those guys in a while. They got three episodes. I don't know when the last one came out. Yeah. Listen, on the other side of the hemisphere, we demand podcasts. So let's get it together. Okay, and the AMA podcast. With Matt Ruddick. How many episodes have they done about the FAA? The, At least, like, it's I funny because like, Jeff asked me what I should go back to to listen, to start listening to, you know, what, what the whole hubbub is about it. And I think it was episode 18 16? or 16. Yeah. 16. So probably seven. six or seven episodes. And so they're like 20 something and they're still talking about it. Yeah. Well, they've been informative. They've been keeping stuff up to date. No, no, no! It's great. It's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying it's good stuff. Like I know, right know around, that? right around New Year's, uh, the the um, the RC Roundtable guys got together and released an yep. episode because there was, you know, information changing weekly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, and earlier we were talking about does the AMA do anything? I think this podcast they're doing now is really, really great way to get some info out there about what they are doing yeah because once you listen to that and listen to the guests you know they have a you know government liaison type people and stuff it's like oh well they're they're trying yeah they're trying to do stuff yeah yeah right and initially i was like well they're being paid you know they're ama they're being paid by the ama but then I, i think matt's doing a good job though that you don't really get that kind of you know, point of view, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like a corporate mm-hmm. point of point of view. Yeah. Nah, yeah. Yeah. You I'm, don't get a point of view it. that someone's getting paid to say that stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more, it's unbiased. Yeah. It's people. Speaking of people that are getting paid to say stuff. 
check out our friend Bill Ann on the Bill Ann YouTube channel. Or should I say, check out Bill Ann on the Bill Ann YouTube channel, Bill Ann 2. What? I'm confused. Or should I say, check out YouTube on the Bill Ann channel. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Check out the channel on Bill Ann. No, don't check out the channel on Bill Ann. Dude, <laughs> don't even go there, dude. Oh, my God. You don't want to check Bill Ann out. It went dark real quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, definitely, you know, go check out Bill Ann's channel. He, uh, I want to see some tanks, out, dude. Push out some more Tanks stuff. on Bill Ann 2. No, no, that's reserved for Bill Ann 3. Bill Ann 2 is the, the cooking time channel. All right. All right. Well, thanks again, Tom, coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Again, I had a great time. I really appreciate it. It's fun. Awesome. Nice. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks. Thanks to our listeners, Free Our Skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Later. Bye. Later. So long. Like these socks. <laughs> That's what I had that I didn't keep you my bubble. Um. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but freaking Bernie Sanders, every time he opens up his mouth, he sounds like the blue aardvark from the Pink Panther. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I remember that. You know? Yeah. I think about the old guy on the Muppets. You know. Fellas, I'm a Democrat, but I'm a funny looking Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comments from your point of view, from what you do, what your occupation yeah. is, and all that. Yeah. Awesome. I've never heard that perspective yet on this discussion. Yeah. No, it's That's good. good. Yeah. Well, thanks. You guys, thanks. I really yeah. appreciate it. And uh, keep up the good work. And I'll probably won't listen to this one because I can't stand the sound of my voice. I don't know how you guys edit your own voices. <laughs> I don't. I leave, I, leave it for, I leave it for Kevin. You, get used to it. you just have to have a humongous ego. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> That's why I listen to myself three times. I, I wanted you to... I, I was going to say, like, oh, I want you to do, like, the captain's voice. <laughs> you know, when you, when you go, okay, on the left side, we are... You know? So we should have ended the podcast by going buh bye. <laughs> right? Buh bye. Buh bye. Yeah. <laughs> you know who cares? Buh bye. Buh bye. I love that bit. That was funny as hell. Yeah. Number four. What yeah, is that? You would When was the last time you flew a fly at? I bye. <laughs> When was the last time you flew a fly at? A fly at? That's what it at. says. A fly bat. When was the last time you drove a Fiat? When was the last time you had bat soup? Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. All right. I guess that, yeah. Let's start this. Yeah, so it's been one of those days. I mean, dude, uh, when I was doing fire alarms and, and home security years ago, the week wasn't complete unless I smashed my head on something. I was always in basements <laughs> and stuff. That's going to 
I didn't know what happened, but I was going to tell you, you know, you don't have to hold the door open with your head. You could probably get like a, a stand or something. Oh, I was trying to get out of the men's bathroom by using my mouth to open up the door. And then <laughs> and somebody opened it. And somebody opened it. That. Yeah. Doing a tongue, tongue lasso. Yeah. Uh, I was going to be a dick and be like, <laughs> when that's when that thing was coming down, can you duck? Get out of the way. Is it like that fast? Yeah, it's pretty quick, actually. I was laughing about Steve going to the restaurant. Like, where's everyone at? <laughs> In Chinatown. <laughs> yeah. It's so, dude, it's so ridiculous. I got news for everybody. We're all getting this coronavirus. Everybody's going to get it at one point. When you I got think news about for you. The coronavirus is basically a freaking flu. Right, which we've had passed around the globe since, what, 1819 or whatever the Spanish flu was? That's no, the, this is this is man-made. Yeah, but the the flu that we get nowadays has been going around the, the globe since uh, yeah, since eighteen hundreds, I think it is. People are gonna people are gonna get better from this stuff and be just walking around fine, then all of a sudden just drop dead, and then probably within an hour to ten hours, they're going to reanimate. <laughs> I, I can only hope so. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be wild. Zombie apocalypse. Nice, I can't wait. Yeah, because then I can legally shoot at my neighbors. Exactly. And all this time I've been doing it illegally. Uh, one, two, three, three, two, one. Kevin, what do you think? This sounds fine to me. Okay. Sounds the, sound, good. the sound Nazi says you sound good. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you call me a socialist? I know. I'm far from it. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> we could definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. so, That's actually Tom, pretty good, Steve. Yes, sir. <laughs> if there was any doubt that we're a bunch of idiots <laughs> before, uh, it should be I resolved just, by now. Yeah. I just remember that dozens of conversations i had in college using those voices and <laughs> so uh, i'm the great corn holio <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I was, I was a little bit before that thank the lord <laughs>